Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Film Yak podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And today we're here to talk about Kevin's pick, which is the movie Frank, directed by Lenny Abramson from 2008? 14? 14? Thirteen, fourteen—it's so fourteen. Old. Is it? That's uh, Rustin there. I was going <laughs> to. So Rust, Rustin's here with us again today. Rustin, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. How and y'all doing? We're doing good. very well. And uh, he's here because uh, Jr. is not with us. Obviously, he moved to Colorado, but uh, hopefully, he's going to be coming back next week via Skype. We're still working out the logistics of that. And Jonathan is also out of town. So thank you, Rustin, for coming in short notice relatively short notice thank you for having me no problem at all we're, we're excited to talk about tombstone, <laughs> tombstone <off>. actually yeah <laughs> uh and also frank uh so which is our official deep dive um yeah so everybody's doing good everybody's yes. feeling good just got a sweet booster pack of ultimate masters a belated uh birthday and or christmas present from rustin here thank you rustin that's oh, wonderful welcome. sitting atop my gigantic stack of film comment magazines courtesy of kevin so i'm just i'm rolling in it today guys i'm yeah. having a great time already <laughs> uh is there anything else we need to say before we jump into what we watched uh probably is there news uh, is there? uh well there's there's the um i know criterion is really trying to get people to oh they're pushing that shit hard oh yeah yeah. they want you to be a a a charter subscriber to their new streaming network or whatever yeah oh they're streaming now okay yeah actually gonna start in the spring apparently yeah i think that's kind of interesting like don't don't just subscribe Mm -hmm. you know be a charter member right if you're a charter member all this other stuff i don't even know exactly what what it is that i guess there's going to be like a beta and you'll have access to it earlier or something i guess i don't know i i mean it's certainly probably going to be worth it if they have their catalog on streaming but right it depends on how much it is and things like that yeah but i guess the big the only real big news would be that the oscars are three weeks out and they still don't have a host uh because kevin hart got kicked off of the oscars for his uh homophobic homophobic jokes that he made 10 years ago or whatever oh (laughs) yeah and uh that ellen he was on ellen i don't know if you guys saw this he he went on ellen and ellen is now championing him to return she says he's okay he didn't he's he should be forgiven let him have the job back right people are pissed at ellen now it's it's a big mess man i'll tell you yeah the whole the whole like I'm not a I'm not like an anti PC guy necessarily, but there there is certainly a lot of like vehement like uh, hardcore PC shit going on right now. Yeah. Like, did you hear about Louis CK? Oh, I, I saw you had commented on something. Yeah, like, and I don't even want to. I don't want to comment on it because when you comment on it, you you appear as if you because people don't they just see service level shit. So it's like, oh, you're defending Louis CK. You agree with Louis C.K. You're you're also somebody you think that everything he's done is okay, right? But that's not the case. I just think he should be able to tell jokes. He's a joke teller, <laughs> like you know. Now, what was it like? Did he make a joke about the Parkland shooting? Yeah, he did. Okay, and, and trans people, and and they're and and they're in uh, what you might call poor taste. But I, at the same time, it's like I mean, if he had made them a year and a half ago, nobody would have given a shit because it'd be like, oh man, that's just our edgy Louis C.K. We love that guy. But now that he's a, a you know sexual assaulter, right? Fuck him. Fuck everything <laughs> that he does. He's fucking stupid wow. and he's heinous and oh my god, what an evil person. Yeah, he's I just mean, telling jokes like he always has. Yeah, I can't help but think he knew what he was doing oh, going definitely. into that. Like he, I'm, sh- I'm sure he was. 
He was out to push buttons. He comments in the same set. The set leaked on. Uh, he's been playing this one club in Long Island that'll book him, and he commented on the in the same set that leaked. He said uh, something to the effect of, uh, "What are they going to do to me? Take away my birthday? My life is over. I don't give a fuck anymore." Like he just, <laughs> you know, he's just going to tell whatever joke he wants to tell, and the crowd loved it. If you listen to the tape, they're laughing, they're eating it up. You know, so right, I mean, like yeah. it's in the context of a show. It's like comedians say things they don't they're playing the character of you know he's not louis ck family man when he's on stage he's louis ck comedian when he's on stage it's just like you know you don't you don't immediately go up to edward norton and say well you're a piece of shit man you killed those two black guys in american history x you made the one guy eat the curb you know it's like right that's not him he's playing a character it's ludicrous i don't know acting right right so it's i don't know it's just seems bizarre to me that people can't seem to separate these things and it's like it's one thing to be offended and that's fine you're allowed to be offended but i mean you can't like stop people from saying shit that's we have we have free speech in this country i don't i don't i just don't get it you know yeah i mean like just don't go to the show right exactly like, like tell tell your friends not to go to the show like i always, I always let let louis do his, exactly. his thing like I saw something with uh, like Adam Carolla and like mm-hmm. I I don't know who he was touring with but like he was he was scheduled to do a thing at some college and they wouldn't let him go on sure. and like they had to get lawyers involved to actually let them do their show and it's like you know like there's no bigger you know thing protest than to like just ignore them right like that's all you got to do like yeah stay don't give home, the attention. stay home and yeah exactly. exactly stay home watch something that you actually want to watch listen to someone you actually want to listen to and patronize and like, like you patronize the people that you that you agree with or that you want to see more of right so it's like i'm not going to go see uh mary poppins returns because i don't want to give disney my money to make more of this kind of shit right i'm going to go see mary queen of scots instead because i think that it's going to be good and i'm terribly wrong about that i could have told you i could have told you man like i can't wait to hear about it i can't wait but uh i I keep thinking of this the quote from this uh the trailer for the people versus larry flint where woody Mm. harrelson says if you don't like hustler magazine don't read it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like exactly if you don't right. like it just ignore it like right you can't stop it from happening yeah i mean you know people can like make arguments about like oh well, you know children and this that and the other like okay like where where were you when it was time to say hey look there's this kind of stuff out there i'd right. rather you didn't read it because right and then hopefully you can articulate it enough to a kid and it's like why you, you don't want them why you don't want them looking at that right. like Right. My mom made a very good argument for me not watching Natural Born Killers. I didn't At watch what age? Middle school. Yeah, you shouldn't be watching that movie in middle exactly, school. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But to to my mom's credit, when I finally did watch it when I was like 21, I was like, this movie isn't very good. <laughs> See, if you had seen it in middle school, you'd loved it. Exactly, and you, you'd, exactly. You'd still think it's good today. Exactly. <laughs> like I do. <laughs> but um, no, but you know, a, a tangent for sure. But I yeah, just, yeah. I just... It just drove me nuts to see all these people. Like, there's nobody even wanting to have an open mind about it at all. And I'm not, right. you know, to, to defend Louis C.K.'s right to make a joke is not the same thing as saying, you know, everything Louis C.K. does is okay and I'm fine with it. Yeah. I just think he's a comedian. He should be allowed to tell jokes. Yeah. If you don't want to listen to them, don't listen to them. You yeah. know, the stuff's on the internet. It doesn't mean you have to go search it out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's jump into what we watched. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Rustin, being our guest and uh, someone who also hasn't been here in several episodes, 
uh, you want to get us started? What What have you watched in the last year and a half? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm, however long it's been, I'm going to start with something that I have to recommend to anybody, and, and I don't know if you've seen it, Kevin, but I highly recommend uh, Ken Burns, uh, the Vietnam War mm. miniseries, and uh, it's it's actually on Letterbox, and it's uh, it's it's list you know it's listed as a movie, but it's a movie that's a uh, thousand eighty hours, <laughs> I mean, hours, and minutes. I'm sorry, minutes. Yeah, it'd be pretty intense for a thousand eighty hours, right? <laughs> even it's a like thousand eighty minutes, like the whole war. <laughs> yeah, no, it literally covers everything, um, even you know stuff that was happening over here, and it's it's just, it's got so much detail in it. Uh, just the interviews are just killer. There's, there's so much emotion in these interviews. And the, mm. and the thing is, it's not, it's, uh, I think like Ken Burns civil war is really good, but the problem was that happened, you know, 250 years ago. You can't interview survivors. And, and can't of the interview. War. There's right. one person. It was a woman who was like, she was the, I think she was the, uh, daughter or granddaughter of a, uh, he was, I, I maybe I'm probably, mixing it up he, i think he was uh i know he was a soldier in the union army but i think he was one of the uh he was one of the escaped slaves and joined you know the union army and 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 uh okay. and she had some uh a few things to say i think she was like 104 or something in this wow. in this in this interview and the interview's like from like 80 or something like that or maybe late 70s but the detail on this they have interviews with the uh you know US you know, even like French, you know, right when, the, you know, when the French right. started it and they have all these interviews with the uh, Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese and South Vietnamese. And those are some of the best interviews just to see, like, you know, from their perspective. Right. And from Charlie's perspective. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's 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 just intense at moments where you just, you know, you feel for both sides in it. I mean, it's, right. I mean you see like there's no I mean. Either, both sides can be seen as a bad, you know, there's no good guy. Right. I mean, you know, each side has their, you know, one's fighting for freedom, the other one's fighting for, you know, they say freedom, you know, it, it's in basically too, like I watched one interview, uh, no, not an interview. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, um, I think it was the history channel. It was the, uh, this, uh, it was something about the, I forget what it was called, but it was about the KKK the history of, mm-hmm. and I think it was, uh, president Johnson was actually, you know, he was, he had this interview where he was saying like, my father fought these guys and I'm going to fight these guys. Cause it was during the, uh, protests they had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, during, you know, the, the murder of those three, stu- or was it three or four students? I, I can't remember. Four, 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 four for the little, right, little right. black girls. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and, and so it, it was, you know, it was stuff about that. And, it was something that you know that was like that's great. I admired, but other than that, like if you watch watching the Vietnam thing, he, he was a bastard. <laughs> I mean, he, he, it is mm. dirty. Like, that, that's basically that. Uh, that only thing that I saw from that history of the KKK about him was like his only you know saving grace. Everything sure. else was during the Vietnam War was just dirty. There's <laughs> yeah, and honestly, Nixon was like the worst man. <laughs> like you know how it ended up with him, but like it it, it was worse than you think. It's so much stuff going on behind the scenes shady stuff and stuff that they you know now are releasing to the public you know and everything. Mm. yeah so it's, a, it's really available on netflix right yes yeah i've been meaning to, to check, to check it out. out i watched the first maybe 10 minutes of it uh online back when it first aired uh i, th- I was gonna watch the whole thing i just never got around i was gonna watch it like at school in pieces on my breaks but <laughs> right 
just had other stuff going on. But uh, yeah, the first like ten minutes, all the stuff where they showed like the events, like the montage, and then oh, they, the do mo- everything they do that in reverse a lot. and everything. It's really good. That's really, really good. cool. Nice. So I really enjoyed that part of it. So. It just it takes a long time to get through. I think I spent probably about a month every like weekend. I'd watch like two episodes because they're yeah. like an hour and a half each. Just uh, about geez. how many episodes are there? It's like ten, nine or wow. ten. Right, it's like ten yeah. movies, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's uh, what would you what would you, if it, if you could rate it? I gave it a rating. On oh, there did you? Just, okay. Just because they since they combined it as one, just sure. like 180 minutes of uh, or thousand eighty minutes, I gave it a basically a six out of five <laughs> because it's just it's a masterpiece. It's so much emotion in it that you know, it, like every episode, if there's like probably I don't know two episodes in the center of it like you know episode like four and five or something but there's these interviews with a couple of the uh, gis I, no actually it was the marines and it's just you just feel for these guys and stuff yeah and then it, and then it went back onto the uh to the uh north korean side and like some of these guys they see all the scars in their faces and like i don't know how they live like they talk about the ho chi minh trail and how that was bombed like every day, every you know, and they had uh, people just rebuilding it at night and trying to, you know, it's it's amazing like what they went through just fighting that war and it was, yeah. and you find out towards the end like there really was no reason for us to be there except for like the you know the push against just to kind of symbolize the push against communism spreading, but it yep. was just that country. It wasn't necessarily every Asian country. It was just more like a, you know, it was a, it was the principle the thing is symbol you know we gotta you know stay there but it got to the point where we just eventually backed out because it was just costing way too much and just too many lives were lost it's you know yeah and hopefully you know it, it's just I, I hopefully people you know would watch that look on the history just to learn from it's just to not to repeat that i mean i'm sure stuff's gonna happen in history you know in the future but i mean because anything can but you know it's good that that's you know documented so at least you know i wouldn't say little kids watch it but you know maybe just you know high schoolers people i'll show it school. to my 12 year olds yeah and us. yeah <laughs> the, the my live you know, massacre just, just episode to, oh yeah <laughs> just just to learn about you know know about that and just just so they learn do they get into the mass the my life massacre? oh they get into everything oh man it's it's, it's really it, they show some really do they talk about let me ask you this though do they talk about like the black ops operations in cambodia and laos and all that shit like mm-hmm. the illegal stuff they that talk was going about on? yeah oh yeah killer all right and there's a I'm lot excited. of i'm gonna yeah. check it out for sure yeah, yeah. I, I, it's in my queue i've been meaning to watch I just have, you know it's like such yeah. a it's such a daunting undertaking no it's, it's so long it, it, right it'll take you like several weekends but the fact that it's separated into episodes is very helpful like, if, yeah, can you yeah. imagine if it was just like a 15 hour documentary you had to watch in no, no, right. one sitting. <laughs> what a nightmare yeah all right kevin so i rewatched uh the breakfast club the criterion or yeah criterion nice well hmm. actually it was on netflix but oh, uh, so you uh, didn't watch the no criterion. i didn't, re- didn't watch the criterion. So you just lied yeah <laughs> i've been caught <laughs> red-handed do you have the criterion no. Well, that's okay then. If you had it and still watched it on Netflix, I'd be upset with you. Right. <laughs> yeah, like it's just uh, lazy. I, well, I was thinking about getting it and then I saw that it was on Netflix and I was like, well, maybe, let me watch this again. Make sure you want to have yeah, it. Cause yeah, cuz like I love Criterion, but you know, like well, 20 they, 25 bucks. They and they put some 
shit out that's not necessary. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some yeah. stuff on Criterion that's not great. Yeah, there's some stuff I've seen on Criterion, you know, like that I've gotten from the library, and it's like, nah, yeah. this, this this wasn't very good. Right. But um, it's I think it's still a pretty good movie. I've seen it a couple of times. Um, there were a couple of parts where I was like, this doesn't seem to fit. Because, like, John Hughes has a real reputation of, like, being in touch with, like, youth culture in the 80s. And, like, there's a part in the middle of the movie where they start whistling the, uh, like, this, that British march from uh, yeah. Bridge Over the River Kwai. And right. I'm like, why would teenagers in the 80s be whistling this? Well, that's more of, like, a, I mean, oh, that's like more it's like a, a, it's a, a cinematic nitpick, homage, probably I, on his part, more than... I, uh, I guess. Real, realism. I mean, there's a lot of shit to go on. Yeah. That movie doesn't make sense in a lot of ways because I mean, if you just the, the way that they edit it together, yeah, they'll yeah. hate each other and then they'll cut to a montage of them all dancing together and having a good time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's real back and forth through like pretty much the entire movie. Right. And like, there's the one part where like Bender like gets up into like the attic and like where he's telling the joke to himself. Yeah, <laughs> that's classic. <laughs> and then, like, but then yeah, and somehow he finds himself like right where the library is. And it's yeah. like, okay, I mean. Yeah. But, it's still whatever. fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think a, the acting in there is really good. Like, especially Emilio Estevez and uh, what's his face? Anthony Bender. Michael Hall. Oh, Judd Nelson. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. Like, I'd forgotten about his story and I was like, whoa. That's that, some dark like, shit, man. Yeah, like, especially now, like, how often that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, yeah, really, un- really uncomfortable. And then, like, um,. It also kind of bothered me, too, because, like, um, Ali Sheedy's character, Allison, like, I know a girl who's pretty much exactly like that. And it's like, okay, this is, like, really uncomfortable. And But, like, because, you know, you can watch that movie and, like, see her go through this little transformation at the end and, like, oh, you know, she's probably going to be okay. But then, like, when you know someone who's like that in real life, yeah, it's like, okay, I don't see that happening. Right. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, so it didn't really grab me as much as it did when I was younger. So three and a half. Oh, bummer. I I've been meaning to uh, rewatch it for a while now. I think I got it for Nicole on Blu-ray a few mm. years ago, and we just haven't ever gotten to watch it. But yeah, uh, you know, I've al- I've always liked it. And yeah, Emilio Estevez when he has his like, he's telling his story. You gotta be number one. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You gotta want it. It's <laughs> yeah. just like so like. Such crying and shit. So super good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I downloaded and watched uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, which is the new Peter Jackson documentary about World War One. Mm-hmm. Have you heard mm-hmm. about this? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. So uh, famously, controversially, has uh, messed with the footage and uh, all original footage from World War One. Uh, and he's colorized it and uh, uh. stabilized it, too. And he's changed the speed of it to make it seem more like a normal cinematic experience now because you know at the time they would hand crank so everything's yeah. like jittery and right. running at different speeds so apparently they changed they make everything smooth like 24 and you can really tell uh when they get to the point where they do that because <clears throat> the film is a comprehensive look at the be- like the beginnings of the war mm. all the way to the end of the war through the eyes of the soldiers who were in, in the war so at the beginning it's just black and white footage of you know uh london right in the teens and people walking around and you know people reading newspapers and shit and it just <laughs> looks like normal uh this archaic footage from that time you know this ratchety looking uh you yeah. know rickety stuff 
but then when it gets when they get to the war like all through the boot camp it's black and white and then when they finally get to the trenches it becomes color and it's just like this clean cut to color and it's like a like night and day it's crazy how much different it looks right and it's really really incredible and uh the thing i didn't know about the movie i guess i i don't know if i wasn't paying attention to the trailers or something but like because it's in the trailer but they also add audio to all of it so like they get actors to to do lines and lip sync to the people who are talking on screen oh wow. yeah so like there'll be like a guy and he'll be walking around and he'll look at the camera and like you know mouth something and you'll like normally you wouldn't know what he was saying because there's no sound, but right. they they get an actor to say you know hi mom or whatever <laughs> like like stuff like that and they and they I guess and this looks pretty accurate like for the most part what they're saying they kind of they got they get it they just good. got people to read the lips and try exactly, to exactly like, yeah as, you know guesstimate what they were saying exactly yeah oh, okay. and I mean there's, okay. and there's quite a bit of it in there and they there's constant sound all throughout the film at that point and it's a lot of um like there's constant like bomb noises and gunshot noises right it's just like that's all you would hear day and night. And then the rest of the film, uh, from beginning to end, is nothing but uh, the audio is uh, people, the soldiers telling their stories. So, mm. like, the soldiers having been interviewed in the 30s and 40s and 50s, they had all this, they had access to the, the BBC uh, library or catalog of whatever, and that's where they got all the footage and all the audio from. That's cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's these soldiers telling, like, all they're all British soldiers, all of them telling their actual stories of what it was like to be in the trenches and what you did day to day and how you, right. you know, how you kept uh, clean and or lack thereof and, yeah. like, the hygiene <laughs> and things like that. And they even, like, the idea of, like, how they used the bathroom and stuff like that. And they were, like, talking about how they dug a trench and they put a pole over it and you just squatted over the pole and, like, sat on the pole and took a dump. And they have pictures of them doing that, which <laughs> I thought was crazy. But really, really uh, – I mean, as you can imagine, just – like, I'm not usually moved by war stuff because I just find it very, like – it's hard not to uh, glorify it, I guess. Like, like in something like Saving Private Ryan, mm. as much as I think Spielberg is trying to make an anti-war statement about how horrible it is by showing how graphically disgusting and violent it is, it's still like, especially when you see it, it's just fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's Medal of Honor exactly. on PlayStation Two, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, it spawned that whole. Th- you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not, it's not doing its job in that right. Uh, this movie is is doing that job. This movie is showing you nothing that is glorifying at all. It's horrendous, mm. and it's there's a lot of imagery of uh, the carnage that the war produced, and the wounded soldiers, the dead soldiers, and all that kind of shit. And there's just like these really like gut wrenching stories that these guys are telling about how they had to kill their own men because they were suffering and dying and stuff, and they're crying about it. It's fucked up, and it's like really. Jeez. It like it gets you emotional, and it got me so emotional that when I went to see Mary Queen of Scots. They played the trailer before it, and I oh. I had watched the movie, and I got emotional watching the trailer. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was oh, like, man. "This is intense." It's so, but I can't recommend it highly enough. It's really, really, very, very, very good. And uh, and like like kind of what you were saying about the Vietnam War, Ken Burns's thing that there's a lot of uh, them talking about the Germans and how much they liked them. Like none of them has anything bad to say about the Germans. They're like, we captured the Germans. They're all really nice guys, nice blokes. You know, they would help us dig trenches and stuff. They'd help us do this and that, you know, they help us carry the stretchers. Yeah. You know, and that some of them would speak English and we could play cards together. And so, like, so they're always like, they're like, you know, there's this kind of thing where like, once they get in touch with these guys, all the politics go away and they don't care about the war anymore. They just want to like enjoy each other's company. Right. Which is really, really fascinating. So I, yeah. I highly recommend it. Apparently it's coming to um the theaters here. Oh. 
When? Two Mondays from now. So on nice. uh, Martin Luther King Day, which okay. I'm off during, which is awesome. So I'm going to go see it that day at one, uh, hopefully. Really excited to see it on the big screen. But it's really, it's fantastic. So. Right. I don't think World War One gets enough. Oh, like, absolutely. Not enough yeah. play at all. No, not not nearly. Because like, mm-hmm. it's, such, it's such an interesting thing. Like, I was reading a, a book about it and like the fact that the fact that it got as far as it did is just insane because like there's no like that was one where there's like no real good reason other than like well the trains are that far along so we can't call it they're too far gone we can't call them back now we're here we're on other people's territory with our guns right so i guess we're going to war yeah. And mm-hmm. it's real it was really like that. There's a lot of like dispelling rumors in this movie yeah. too without even trying to. They're just like like they talk about going like doing a rush on the enemy trenches mm-hmm. during the Battle of the Somme. The whole thing takes place during the Battle of the Somme. Oh. Pretty much. And um they, Tolkien was there. Right. right. So yeah. they they talk about <laughs> how uh when they like you, I have this image of like paths of glory, you know, they're oh, yeah, jumping yeah. over and running and you know, the, of course some people not wanting to and that they talk about that too, but they talk about how nobody, like one of the guys is like, nobody was running. Nobody was like trying to get over there. Everybody was just kind of like in a daze, just like walking really slowly towards the other trenches. And like, nobody was even scared of getting shot. It was quiet. It was, I was just like, that's such a weird contrast to what you've yeah. seen in movies and heard about, you know, <clears throat> this idea that they're just kind of lackadaisically walking over <laughs> to kill these German soldiers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very, very good. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's five out of five. Nice. Yeah, we'll be seeing that. Um, I'm going to name off just three real quick because uh, I got quite a few over the last two months, or at least the last time I was here. Mm. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, I watched uh, Blade, a rewatch of Blade. <laughs> a former deep dive on this very show. Right, yeah, actually it was because Wait. of that. I listened to that. and Yeah, I was going to say, like, didn't we deep... We didn't deep dive that with you. We did. That was my pick. Oh right, okay. Yeah. okay. It was a uh, big trouble, in little little China. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I started uh, going. I went back to that, and I think even I'll just you know, how you was can't it? really. You, I don't know. You can't do like you know they Marvel. You know, most likely or will probably try to redo Blade. You know, all sure. the Marvel things. Of course. I'll never see it because you can't. <laughs> you can't do it unless you have Wesley Snipes. He honestly. <laughs> Other than uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, like he's just he's the other person that would be like you can't he is that character he did it flawlessly and like I wouldn't want to see anybody else. It's like recasting unless you, unless you like Jones or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like unless you you know got to the point where you know CG was movie was you know f- picture quality or uh re- what's what's the term uh, well real life quality basically yeah, right, CG right. was that Uncanny good valley yeah, yeah and yeah. it looked and it moved <laughs> yeah you know then and you could just cg him and maybe get you know the 70 year old uh wesley snipes <laughs> to voice it you know <laughs> I, I don't know you, you know yeah. i just wouldn't want to see it but the movie is just so good the only like really the only thing that just that didn't age well at all is just the uh, cg but so many and y'all talked about this already but like so many elements of the movie were had to have been ripped for uh, the matrix wait absolutely like, you oh, know, yeah like the, totally the bullet time and Every, the, you know yeah, just being it one. was the first movie to do all that stuff. and it's incredible to me i mean like i think it's just a, a matter of the reason that you you, you when you remake this movie inevitably it's going to be a pile of shit is because <laughs> mm-hmm. is because 
we're in a world now where superhero films are a thing. And at the yeah. time when that movie came out, superhero films were not a thing. That was like the yeah. first, I think, that I can think of really good movie that was based off of Marvel. And yeah. it it wasn't even going for the Marvel thing. It was just they took the character Blade from Marvel. It's just and, a good, yeah, it's just yeah. a good screenplay. And it really works really well. And all the actors are doing exactly what they should be doing. And there's just the right level of seriousness to it. Right. There's like a, there's a twinge of humor, but it's not too much. If Marvel made it now, they, I, well, a, they would never make a film out of this. Now, if this comes back, it's coming back as a Netflix series or uh, yeah. uh, Disney they plus or whatever. About that at one point, I'm sure. I'm they would probably, I, thought I, I thought I heard something about like Wesley Snipes was involved. Oh, or, I don't know about that. They, the, uh, maybe. I mean, I believe you. But if the, he was involved, I would watch it just to see. It'd probably be crap. Right, right, maybe an just, executive producer and his son is played. Maybe. maybe <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, it's like. It wouldn't be as They good, have the no. vampire character Mobius also. So they are Morbius. Sorry, Morbius, right? Right. Oh, it was Morpheus. Is it Morbius? Oh, I, I I remember the cartoon of Spider-Man. That's me that's too. A, yeah, that's what I'm going <laughs> yeah. off of also. Because his, his Blade's arc on Spider-Man was him going after Morbius. Yeah, and he was wasn't a vamp. He was created by some mutation, an experiment in a lab or something. Oh, is that like, right? it, Yeah, he okay. was created. It was just he he, had, he was an accident, just like Spider-Man was. And so Spider-Man somehow was involved. I can't remember how, and he felt guilty, so he was trying to help him the whole. <laughs> just go, even go back to Blade, like the the the, the film. Like the whole Stephen Dorff's character in that is incredible. Like the, just the idea of you have this, they create like this entire society in the film of, of vampires. But even within that society, there are vampires who were born vampires and there weren't vampires who were bit and turned and they don't like each other. Like yeah, that's just right. brilliant. And then he's <laughs> one of those. So he's looked down upon. Like yeah. it's, just, it's a brilliant way to create uh, conflict yeah. and tension. It's just really good. And the whole thing where he... He throws the fangs of that guy on the table. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Yeah. But, uh, I gave it a, a four with the like. And the next one I had, I'll just mention real quick. Uh, Jacob's Ladder, oh. which I gave a four too. That one is just a good psychological thriller. I mean, really, really solid. And I mentioned, you know, I mentioned this in my uh, little review thing when I uh, posted it. The uh, one of the secret, or it's it's actually the bad alternate ending to the video game Silent Hill, is actually the ending of that movie. Yeah. Which, if anyone hasn't seen it, I won't say what happens in that movie, but it's it's one of the it really cool. Macaulay endings. Culkin. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, um, and uh, the next one I'm gonna mention before I pass on to Kevin is uh, rewatched Army of Darkness, which <laughs> I gave that a, it, it's a four with a like it's. I, I think last time I watched it a year or two ago, probably I think was when I first started Letterbox. I, I think I got a four and a half, and this time it eh, I took away the little half star because there is there, I don't know, it, too much Ted Raimi in that. Yeah, <laughs> I think there was. It was like he was he played like six characters in it, <laughs> but but uh, no, it's just it's. It's just one of the most entertaining movies, and I remember as a it's a, blast. As a kid. Yeah, so, you remember? You know, I, I it's we have a I long, introduced long history it, yeah. with this movie because right. you guys, you and Jonathan, saw it on Stars. I yeah, think. <laughs> and then you came to church the next day talking about it, and I was like, "What is he? What are you talking about?" You guys were like, "Oh, it's so fucking good! It's funny and it's hilarious! <laughs> it's amazing!" And then I finally saw it. I think you had like you had it recorded off Stars, or yeah, something, on a VHS tape, that, yeah. yeah, and we all watched it. And it was just a blast. <laughs> yeah, and now they finally have a. A glorious edition on Blu-ray, which I mean, they just like the. You remember the DVDs, like the bootleg edition and all no, that I, shit. I bought it. I, I can't even find. I could probably find it online, but I went to 
Best Buy. It was like probably four or five months back, uh, and they had this steel book, like just beautiful steel book with uh, Ash, like just artwork on the front of it, and it was Army of Darkness. And I opened that up, and it has like three versions of the film. It's yeah. got the international oh, wow. release with the extra like. It's like 20 minutes of footage added mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And it's got the uh, director's cut with that, uh, you know, the the, the bad the bad ending form, but that's funny ending. And then it's got the theatrical release on it. So it's got like every version of it on Blu-ray. It's all, and it's all good. Like there's yeah. no, even, yeah. the, even the alternate any, ending any versions still rules. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's still good. Like I, it, it just gets like, like the regular ending where he's in the S-Mart is funny and like it's a blast because it's like action-packed and shit and then the it's other ending is, yeah the other ending is just great because it's like clever and nihilistic and yeah <laughs> like, oh man just a great just a great film <laughs> i need to watch that again i actually need to watch jacob's ladder again because i remember that one being like that's that's intense like, oh yeah oh, easily yeah. one of the best horror movies of the 90s and doesn't get nearly the credit that it deserves oh yeah it, just especially Towards the end and like the asylum mm. parts and stuff, it's yeah. straight. Like if you if you played Silent Hill video game uh, back when it came out in '98 or whatever, and then I didn't know about this movie until later, and I saw it. It was like they they the team Silent in Japan. They direct they they watched that movie and then made this video game. Have you <laughs> like seen so you've seen the Silent Hill film with? Uh, I've seen both of them. Lady. In fact, that's one of them is on my. I'll talk. Oh about wow! It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Go second ahead. one I saw. Let's see. So I watched a Disney movie called Fun and Fancy Free, which I got to be honest was a waste of time. <laughs> I like the one of the reasons that I wanted to see it was because there's the Mickey and the Beanstalk portion, but unfortunately, they have like this weird like. Um, a framing thing where like Jiminy Cricket has gotten into this house somewhere in some suburb and some dude with two ventriloquist dummies is telling this, this story about Mickey and the Beanstalk to his daughter. And I was like, I can't fucking watch this. (laughs) So like I, yeah, I think the animation still holds up. That's why it's the two what, and a half. Where, where, when is this from? Is this a, uh, this is from like the forties? I've never even heard of this. Was What's this it a, called again? Fun and fancy, fun and fancy free. Was it like a nineteen forty seven? Was it a compilation of like shorts and stuff? Like, yeah, two shorts. One, oh, okay. One with uh, Bongo the circus bear, <laughs> and the other with Mickey and the Beanstalk. And yeah, like I've never heard of this shit. I, at all. I I am officially not going into like the rare Disney animated features now. Like I'm only going to the ones that I actually have a legitimate interest in yeah. watching because some of this stuff is just like no, no, no. Was the bongo thing about a bear who was in the circus and he went to the wild and yes, okay, I, I've seen that when I was a kid. I remember yeah. that. And he gets a girlfriend, but then... There's a big bear, and he doesn't understand bear culture. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's kind of like... You could use that as... You know, that's someone getting thrown into a culture. You know, you could that could be... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was... (laughs) Yeah. It was just just not good. You heard that the... um, Just speaking of classic Disney, that the the last of the classic animators died today? 
No. He was 105. Wow. Oh, damn. One of the last guys. They, they had a picture of him drawing Pinocchio uh, on online. I forget what his oh. name was. I apologize. But, yeah, he uh, passed away at 105. So damn. they're all mm. gone now. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it would have been interesting to pick his brain. All right. Mm. Uh, I watched uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, which um, this movie, you know, you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Oscars are coming up. And uh, if I'm not mis- mistaken, one of these or both of these ladies were nominated for the Golden Globe. And I'm assuming that I was assuming that either Saoirse, probably Saoirse is going to get the Oscar nomination. Maybe. And so, you know, just wanting to be well-rounded and have seen everything that's going to be nominated, as I try to do every year, had to go see Mary Queen of Scots. I'm not, I was not excited to see this movie, but I was giving it the benefit of the doubt. I thought it looked good in the trailers. I mean, aesthetically, like it's the pleasing to the eye. The colors were nice. Uh, I like the idea that, you know, the, there was some colorful clothing and stuff like that, which you don't see a lot of times in period pieces like this. And um, I thought the Irish countryside looked beautiful and stuff. And uh, I assume they, I don't know if they even shot it there. It looked like, it looked Iceland, Iceland half the time, but yeah. like volcanic. Right. But, um, went and saw this movie, which is about, uh, Mary Queen of Scots, who is, uh, Elizabeth the first's cousin, mm-hmm. who, uh, at the beginning of the film, she's played by Saoirse Ronan. Beginning of the film, she moves back to Scotland from France, where her husband has died. And uh, she essentially is the whole movie is her trying to assert her authority over Scotland and England, but mainly Scotland, just essentially wanting to be like wanted to share power with Elizabeth. But Elizabeth's people are all saying, don't give her any power, you know, fucking don't give her shit, like make her marry this person and keep her weak and all this kind of. So she falls in love with this other man, this uh, man that they don't want her to mary but i mean say fell in love with she she's very conniving in the film like she's all about political power so like seems like she likes him but she really just wants to him to put a baby in her so that she can have a true heir which ends up being james the first and uh he's gay anyway like he's banging her manservants and stuff uh which is all like kind of interesting uh and the acting is fine uh, I guess the the main issue I have with this is that it's just like so like dreadfully uh, ordinary. Like it's uh. like every period piece of this time. It's nothing interesting going on in it. Uh, they try to the the most original thing they try to do is like add this kind of like feminist twinge to it, where mm. she's constantly talking about how you know we shouldn't be doing what men tell us to do because we're smarter than men are, and you know, and I, I like I get it. It's just like. I don't know. I don't understand the point of it exactly. If, like, if that's the point that, you know, well, this is a strong female character. I mean, I don't... It, it's just like she gets her head cut off at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the moral of the story here? Like, be don't be strong because you'll get killed? <laughs> it's yeah. Just, it's, just, like, it's just kind of like really fucking boring. It reminded me of... Uh, <laughs> it reminded me of the movie Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett. Oh, right. Which, to be fair, I've only seen once and it was over 20 years ago now uh, but i remember being as bored in that and it's just like you think there's going to be like some action or some battle scenes because like they're going they go into like civil war for a little while yeah and there's one battle and there's no fucking blood and there's nobody <laughs> getting killed there's running it's PG-13, around no know? it's r it was r oh yeah I thought it was PG. No, it's oh, r. It's, the, it's the second one that's PG thirteen. Oh, you're I talking. About, I'm talking about this movie, not Elizabeth. 
Oh, I think although I think the original Elizabeth is rated R, and the, original second, the second one is PG thirteen. That's what I'm. Thinking. Yeah, Elizabeth okay. is a hard R because there's like murders and tits. Right. So in this one, there's neither. There is murder, and it's there's one murder that's relatively gruesome. Like they stab this guy like twenty five times, and there's blood everywhere. But it's like it's kind of just goofy. Also, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That sounds like they're trying too hard. <clears throat> it reminded me of like. You know, in Julius Caesar, like they all, like they all stab him once. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, or in um, the Agatha Christie thing, uh, or the Orient Express. Yeah, you know yeah. how they all take a turn, so they're all guilty. Um, spoiler, uh, so, but um, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like I don't know. It did it did very little for me. Margot Robbie is like she shares the billing in this. She's like barely in it. She's in it for like twenty minutes tops. Wow. Uh, and she's got this weird prosthetic on her nose. <laughs> to have her give her like this weird like bump in her nose and she looks just awful and i mean i guess that's what they were trying to go for like they were like she's like my wife said she's just too pretty they had to make her ugly, you know? <laughs> so you're not distracted by right, her beauty right but i don't know it really just didn't work for me at all on, on any level and uh you know it's rated r it's literally rated r because uh saoirse ronan uh gets eaten out in it by her husband Okay. And they and they show that scene and she orgasms. Uh, and I think that's why it's rated R. Like there's literally nothing else going on. You right. don't see, you don't see any nudity. She's fully clothed when this is happening. <laughs> like there's nothing. So he's like up under the dress or exactly, something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's because and you realize later, oh, it's because he's gay. He doesn't actually want to fuck her, but he does want to give her you know pleasure in some way. So right. he, he eats her out. Uh, <laughs> which you know, I mean, it's Saoirse Ronan, so. <laughs> anyway I, I wouldn't mind uh, <laughs> all right uh but yeah it's a piece of shit uh don't go see this movie it's yeah. a one and a half out of five. Oh, i wow. actually i was Trash. like when i saw your rating i was like "Ooh, you know i figured it yeah. would be bad but like i was looking on like imdb to see like who was in it and like there aren't i didn't see any like Aside from like the three leads, like David Tennant is in it too. He's actually good. He plays uh, John Knox, the uh, Protestant minister. He's very oh. like fiery and angry in the whole thing, and he's, nice. he's pretty good actually. Yeah, but I saw like there's there's no no Throckmorton, there's no Anthony Babington, and there's no Francis Walsingham. So I'm like, I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> these, these are the people who are like basically responsible for Mary getting her head cut off. Like, oh, I see. Like Francis saying. Walsingham was like um, like. The ultra spy mat, like the first like real spy master, mm-hmm. and Throckmorton and Babington were both involved in plots to, you know, invade, like get France to invade England and to usurp the throne and sure. and put Mary Queen of Scots on there. I think it's more. I mean, and, I, they're obviously like they're not concerned a hundred percent with yeah, telling I, a, an accurate historical picture. They're wasn't more, a lot of the uh, the reasons they had behind, like their reasons they were. Some of the reasons they're using to uh, persuade France to invade is because Mar- uh, Mary was Catholic and Elizabeth was Protestant. Yeah, that was that was a re- that was a really big deal. They they um, didn't the, the whole that's like her biggest. They problem just re- in the film. a lot of, a lot of it was using religion to you know yeah, for yeah. a reason to you know get them to help gain you know get them into power. I see definitely yeah. in the film. Her biggest issue is that she's Catholic and that like nobody respects her or wants to follow. They're like we don't want a woman in charge. We especially don't want a Catholic woman in charge. You know yeah yeah. But she wants wants everybody to be able to be protestant or catholic and it doesn't matter and uh and you know everybody else is like no we must you know we must be catholic or we must be protestant or something right it's fucking lame this movie's a piece of shit like that. yeah like i i just 
I, I really think it's funny when, like, you know, they try to, like, do these, like, period pieces and, you know, just blame men for everything. Yeah. Like, okay, like, these strong female characters, they just have no agency of their own? Sure. Okay. Fine. Yeah. They, like, uh, Guy Pierce is in it. Oh, and, uh, oh. he, uh, which is, was a surprise. And he plays Elizabeth's, like, right-hand man. Right. Guy who's her main confidant. and uh, Cecil. I, I guess I don't know what his name was, but uh, and he's pretty he's pretty good. But yeah, they're all they, they play all the men in the movie, all the um, kind of the, the their uh, whatever you call it, their consigliere's, you know, right, right? They're they're all like very, I don't know, they, like they seem like they have the country's good in, at heart, but they're really just like evil and power hungry, and it's just I don't know. It's Give just so it's just so boring. Like I just wanted this. I don't know. I, I expected to see at least uh, at least I wanted like a big scene or something with some good like back and forth and there just really isn't anything like like there's the only scene that's really like that is um there's a scene in the middle where John not even in the middle like towards the beginning where John Knox David Tennant's character mm-hmm. uh confronts her about s- some kind of religious issue and he wants them to kill all the Protestants or some shit or I, right. I don't know and uh and she's she kicks him out of the the circle of council or whatever and it's like this big deal and everybody's pissed at her for doing it and that's a pretty good scene because it's like she's being a little bit of a badass you know and uh but like aside from that there's there's like this really drawn out scene at the end between her and margot robbie where they talk for the first time and it's just like it's supposed it's trying to be really like epic but it's just fucking lame and boring and (laughs) what they're saying is completely useless and they're just really trying too hard and margot robbie's crying her eyes out and Saoirse Ronan screaming at her. I just don't. I don't. It's not. It's not for me. It's not for me, guys. Okay. It's just not after for that, me. go home and uh, watch like uh, the essential scenes of Braveheart. You exactly. know, yeah. just the uh, you want to see reverse, Scott, Scotland done right. The, yeah, the reversed yeah. axe to the head where you hear that. I actually was thinking. I actually was thinking about um, Braveheart earlier this week. The scene where not. Uh, he rides and he assassinates that guy in his bedchamber. He rides up into his bedchamber with the horse and he has the ball and chain and he oh, like yeah. smacks him in the face <laughs> with it. And they do that like weird <laughs> edit where they cut like his face is normal and then they like do like this weird like three frame edit where they cut to him like all mangled. <laughs> it's just a very bizarre effect. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Continuing on, let's move past it right now. All righty. Uh, next up for me was I watched the uh, sequel uh, to the uh, Silent Hill film that I I can't remember when that came out, but the sequel to it, Silent Hill Revelation, came out in 2012, <laughs> uh, directed by uh, uh, M J Bassett. That guy's great. Why would yeah. you do this to yourself, Rustin? You <laughs> well, I am a, I'm a huge fan of the is. games. Um, I remember I I haven't seen the first one in a long time. I remember it was I remember thinking it was. Pretty good, you know, close to the game. Some changes, of course, you know, Hollywood changes. And it was okay. It's decent. And then I watched the sequel to it uh, several years ago. I think probably maybe six months or eight months after it came out. And I was really into it. Oh. And then recently I just watched it again. Not so much <laughs> into it anymore. It, it Mainly because... Um, it looks awful. Like it, lo- it, like visually, you go like most all the scenes they were like filmed except for like outside certain like they're filming maybe in, you know who knows like Detroit or something just on the sidewalk. Um, 
it's like green screen and like everything's kind of got a red coloration to it. it it's almost like they were trying to mimic the third game, which this is based off of mostly, which had kind of a reddish tint to it. And uh, there's one monster in it, which is some of the worst CG I've seen in a long time. And it, you know, I mean, Blade CG was better than this. And this was, and Blade was like uh, almost over a decade prior to this movie. But um, mm. the uh, the good things about it were like the uh, the actress they got to play the character um, was, re- I mean, she looked just hilariously like, just like the character in the game and even like acted, you know, well portrayed the character as I remember in the game. Well, I mean, I don't know if she was like really great in like, you know, the actual, you know, portray, you know, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, uh, Oh, Sean Bean's in it. Yeah. Sean Bean. Well, <laughs> Sorry. He, but she, she's, uh, she was really good. I think as the character, and they had some other characters they threw into it, you know, just because it was a different, you know, it was based on the game. And that they had this like love interest thing, which was really stupid that they threw in there. But he was tied to the the town that was supposed to bring her back to the town of Silent Hill. And um, it turns out they have uh, the pyramid head in it, which was only in the second game. It's your favorite thing in the world, isn't it? Oh, it, yeah. it rules. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and really, the scenes with the pyramid head look really really good to me and i mean it, it, they do it justice from what i remember in the games and it, it's really i it's corny but i still get into it there's like a fight scene between pyramid head and this uh the 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 woman that's trying to like sacrifice her to their you know their uh their pagan god or whatever to like gain power over the earth or it is just just the silent hill storyline is his name pyramid head in the movie like they call him that in the movie no oh no it's pyramid head (laughs) no that's the name they 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 give it to it in the uh, second game they uh it's called her guardian oh okay it was or executioner it's something there's one point in the movie where uh she goes to an insane asylum in the town to try to get this item from this guy and uh she gets trapped in this giant hallway where there's just like cells on either side and, and all these hands come out. It was, you know, it's, it's basically all the prisoners in the cells or, you know, the, in the inmates at the insane asylum and they're grabbing her and like one pulls her, some of her hair out and she's like freaking out and she's, she starts, you know, saying, help me. And like all of a sudden this, uh, you know, music kicks up, sinister music and it shows pyramid head walking in and she doesn't know it's her guardian. So she hides but it's walking slowly through and it's picking up the, the giant blade and it's chopping the arms that are sticking out off. It's a gruesome scene. It's probably the best scene in the movie. It's just, it was, I'm going to watch it just for that. Just, right. to, just, just watch that scene. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Um, uh, what is this on Netflix? Or did um, you watch it? Oh, uh, what did I, you don't own this on Blu-ray. No. Do you? <laughs> Oh, I uh, I rented it off of PSN for like three bucks. Oh, okay. Because uh, I wanted, I just wanted to watch it. Fair right? enough. Right. But um, basically, uh, I like it to a point where it was entertaining. It was uh, it was probably one of the best like game like video game movies that was you know it was loyal to the uh, material that it came from, but the. Uh, the story's not so great. There's some pretty bad acting from certain, like, just extra characters. There's, uh, 
not enough, not nearly enough Sean Bean in it because he's good. <laughs> he plays actually like he's essentially the character from the first game, but he's not playing that part. And at the very end of the movie, it's spoiler, but it doesn't matter. It's I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to anybody unless they were like a huge fan of the games, or if you just wanted to watch that one scene I described. <laughs> right. Um, but at the end, he is like they get out of the town. Both the the girl Heather and the, that boy that you know originally was luring her there, but becomes good and she saves him later. They leave, and he, uh, Sean Bean, Harry, he stays, and he's trying to find his wife, who in the first movie was lost in the town. She was able to send the daughter out for to Harry to get, and then she had to stay because she could only send one person through, like with some talisman that could get you out of the town or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, and it ends sets up for like a third movie, which is never going to happen because that movie bombed. Right. Right. But, uh, watched it. <laughs> but uh, I gave it a three, which. Like thinking about it now, I probably dropped about a two and a half, probably. But like, if it just hadn't have been uh, filmed the way it was with gr- a lot of green screen effects and the color of it, because it was so bright throughout, like it, I wasn't scared or nothing was really that creepy because it was so bright. There was one scene where she's walking in a uh, the mall and she walks to the back to like one of those uh, little foods. St- Stands and in the back they have like the uh, kitchen area and she walks back there and there's a scene where normally you would see the uh, stoves and the kitchen and guys cooking and cutting meat or whatever and it, she turns around the corner and there's actually a human body upside down the guy's like literally cutting skin off the stomach it is pretty gross it's a pork belly yeah there's there's some <laughs> there's some like really scary like and gross practical effects in it mm. and not everything CG that which I you know, I I thought that was great in it, but sure. the, the problem is just, like, the visual quality of it looks, I mean, it just looks bad, especially now. I, I, yeah. I mean, maybe in the theater it may have looked better, but, yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh, go ahead, man. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I rewatched Alice in Wonderland, and I'm not sure the last time I watched this one, but I know, like, fairly recently I'd watched the, like, stop-motion Alice in Wonderland. Is this the a- animated one? Yeah, the Disney, oh, Disney, okay. Disney version. Um, and, and yeah, so, like, once again, props for the animation, but I don't know, maybe maybe there's a story in the books of, in the Alice books that isn't very well, um, you know, captured on the screen, but, like, you know, she, she ends up in Wonderland, she runs across a couple of things and almost gets her head chopped off and then there she is back in the real world and I don't know like it's just the story the story itself is just not that interesting and mm. like yeah <laughs> not not a not a whole lot to say about it I, except for like you know how like it's a big thing with, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, hot topic goers. You know, we're all mad here, et cetera, et cetera. It's like what they don't understand is Alice really wanted out of Wonderland by halfway through the movie. Mm. You know, because, yeah. She she went is this, in. Uh, better or worse than the uh, live action have, Johnny Depp movie? Haven't seen it. Okay. Don't plan to because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I have way better things to do with my time. 
Saw it at the theater. <laughs> oh man! It oh, let me guess. Bad. Let me guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't what, know. Like five out of five <laughs> instead of six. <laughs> I don't know a whole <laughs> lot about. The, I don't know a whole lot about the books. I I just remember watching. Uh, oh, it was something <laughs> on like a YouTube. I think it was the angry video game nerd on YouTube when he was talking uh, about Alice Games. But he right. when he he started talking about like uh, uh, the story. Or, uh, like from the books and then to compare, oh no, no, it wasn't, I don't think it was him actually, it was something, it was, it was something on YouTube I watched, uh, now I can't remember who it was, I th- I'm just, mis- I think I'm mistaking it, but, uh, the, uh, like the books, there was just a lot, like, uh, a lot more stuff going on, just some really dark stuff, right. and, uh, I think they actually used elements of those books in the, uh, the live action movies that were made in the, uh, which I've never seen, but I remember seeing them like previewed on like in the mid nineties, early nineties on Disney. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause I think there were a lot of like, like TV movies and like yeah. series. Yeah. And, and, and they talked about some elements. Like there was a, a queen with multiple heads and like she would, uh, basically she would put switch heads like, you know, for certain occasions I don't know how that worked, but like at one point, Alice, she was trying to basically kill Alice and take her head so she could use her as part of her collection of heads. Oh, okay. She ended up escaping and it was, it was, you know, I wait, no, you know what? You know what? Scratch all that. I think, I think, I I, I think I'm confused. None of that happened. (laughs) No, no, no. I think I'm confused. Edit and post. No. Well, I'll stop where I'm at, but I think I'm confusing this with, uh, the uh, Wizard of Oz, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm confusing because it was something I watched in... They were both talking about both of those things, but... Uh-huh. No, the, the thing I just described, that's from Wizard of Oz, I believe. Oh, okay. I, th- I think. Well, like I said, I've never seen the movie, but maybe it was the Wizard of Oz live act. No? <laughs> maybe not. Well... Maybe someone who is listening can like correct that, but anyways, yeah, just there's a lot more going on in the book. Go so podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, but have you guys both seen Dogma? Yeah, I have seen Dogma. I want to say I have, but if yeah. it did, okay. I, I I don't remember that. Well, maybe a long time ago, but. Do you remember the scene where uh, Matt Damon is talking to the nun and he's talking about the uh, walrus and the carpenter and how it's like. Um, like a religious thing, like the walrus is like Eastern religions, and the carpenter is like Jesus. No, um, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like if basically, basically his thing was, um, you know, all the little oysters follow the walrus and the carpenter, and they all get eaten. So that's religion for you, right? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I could see that. I yeah, it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it again because, like, I don't know, like. Kevin Smith's movies like Tusk is it's interesting it's an interesting concept but it's fucking like batshit crazy and not really in a good way and Yoga Hosers is also batshit crazy but it's supposed to be so like I remember liking uh, uh, Red State I need to watch that again his first uh, foray into that kind of thing yeah uh, Red State was alright. I never saw yeah Tusker um, yoga hosers. I, yeah. I I can't imagine like it's like wanting to sit down and subject myself to watching yoga hosers. It nah. looks terrible, <laughs> and I yeah. hate Johnny Depp, and he's in both of those. So I, I <laughs> yeah. just can't do it. <laughs> right. But um, 
Uh, I'm just going to talk real quick about uh, one more movie that I actually haven't finished watching. Been been trying to really hard, but mm-hmm. uh, the baby and everything. You right. Know, yeah. Watching it with my wife, so I can't just bang it out like one day when I'm alone. It's called Hot Summer Nights, and it's uh, got uh, Timothy Chalamet in it. Mm-hmm. It's from last year, and it's this true story of this kid who moves to stay with his grandmother during the summer in Cape Cod, I think, Massachusetts, mm. and becomes a drug dealer, essentially. And I mean, not essentially. He becomes a drug dealer and right. deals uh, large quantities of marijuana and starts dating his partner's sister, unbeknownst to him, and... I don't know. Now, the thing about this movie is that the director of it, whose name I don't know or care about really, but uh, he seems to have seen every like Scorsese and Paul Thomas Anderson movie that apes Scorsese like a million times. Ooh. And there is, there's a scene in particular where like a sequence where they li- he literally does the exact same uh, shot technique and edit as is in Boogie Nights. I don't know. I'm sure you guys don't remember this. But in Boogie Nights, towards the end of the film, when they're... Uh, when Thomas Jane is like their mule and he's bringing them cocaine to snort constantly. And there's like this montage set to 70s music or 80s music where he walks in and he's like, hey, you got the stuff. And he, like, he walks in and he pulls it out of his pocket and like the camera, like like the frame will freeze and it zooms in on the cocaine and then it'll like s- the camera will swing around and start sh- pushing in on on a uh, Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley and they'll be getting up and they'll be like right on time and then it does it again it does it like three or four times and by the end of it they're like what the fuck took you so long you know <laughs> and um they literally do the exact same thing in this movie wow except it's not cocaine it's weed and they're selling it. So it's, you know, it's different, but it's the same shot technique. And I was just astonished. I was like, that's some balls to copy this shot. Now, that being said, I'm really enjoying the movie a lot. I, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I mean, you know, normally I think this would bother me a lot more, but I'm just having such a blast watching the movie and it's just fun to look at and it looks good and Chalamet is really good in it. He's like your new favorite actor. I just like the guy. I don't. I don't like everything he's in. I don't like. I didn't like um, Hostiles or or Beautiful Boy. You know, oh. and I don't think he's particularly good in either one of those movies. But he's, I do think he's a good actor overall. I like. I love Call Me by Your Name. I love uh, his performance in this. I liked him in uh, Lady Bird. Didn't like Lady Bird, but I liked him in Lady Bird. And uh, it's just I don't know. He's carrying a lot of it for me. His partner, who's this like some guy I've never seen before, he's really good. He's got this crazy Boston accent thing going on. (laughs) It's not Scoot McNary? No. No, it's not. We'll talk about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) uh, No, but uh, yeah. And and the girl who's in it is the girl from uh, It Follows. Did you see It Follows? No, I've been Uh, meaning to. I've I've heard, well, I've heard mixed things. It's, you know, it's all right. Uh, But the the main girl in that is the main girl in this, and she's very good in it, too. I don't know. The minute I see all these people, I'm just like, I don't know. This person's not going to be good. And then they're really fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's got Thomas Jane in it, who is the guy bringing them the drugs and boogie nights so it's like a it's like the one who brings in the weed no he's he's a cop in this movie he's the uh, girl's father actually because all these kids are like young as fuck they're like 18 years old and shit you know but uh but yeah i don't know i haven't like again i got about a half hour left on it so i hate to even talk about it but i mean at this point i'd recommend it and i'd say it's pretty fucking good i've heard a lot of negative shit about it and i think a lot of it probably stems from the 
those same complaints that you know this guy's ripping off i mean it's very scorsese-esque it's right, like a lot right. of those like just push-ins and like uh the editing is very frenetic and everything and there's even like this really violent beating that happens about 30 minutes into it that's it reminds me a lot of um like the you know the the thing that Jonathan's always talking about the De Niro stomp in Goodfellas. You know oh, when they're oh, when, right. when they're killing Billy Bats in the bar, right? Something similar to that sort of. Uh, <laughs> so you know, there's a lot of that kind of shit going on. But I, you know, if you could just read it as homage, you can get looked past it. It's still pretty good. You know, yeah, I mean, it's solid enough. I, I, I'm enjoying it. So I would say movies need more of that kind of thing. Honestly, I agree. Like I don't. I, I honestly, movies need to be directed by people who have those kinds of influences that's yes. what i would say because you you got these filmmakers now coming up who don't seem to have any influences they're just like they're fucking yeah. jobbers man i mean you know it's or, yeah. or, or worse they're influenced by fucking spielberg or ron howard or somebody oh, and yeah. it's just like yeah what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> yeah because i mean like i don't think there's like I don't think there's going to be like a next like wes anderson I, it's or... always interesting to me to hear like filmmakers that you wouldn't expect praise these filmmakers who you like but you don't like you don't necessarily see them being connected at all like mm. like uh you know whoever like steve mcqueen will come out and he'll be like i really enjoy the films of francis ford coppola or something you know it's right. like you don't think about like him even like thinking about that director but of course he does because they're right. both like highbrow film guys you know yeah so that I was know. one of the interesting things about uh de palma like you know I'm guessing like Noah Baumbach was like there in the <coughs> in in his house with him doing sure. an interview. I assume they're interviewing him. Yeah. And um and yeah, he like he didn't like go into details, but he was like, you know, the kind of stuff that you guys do, you know, these these like character driven uh things, you know. Right. And that's interesting that like that like, the too, fact that he's like that Baumbach likes De Palma is nothing yeah, like yeah. I'm not, like I don't connect them at all because no. Baumbach's films are not thrillers at no. all ever. <laughs> Yeah, and that's pretty much all De Palma does. So yeah, right. it's, it's fascinating. It's really yeah. cool. But you can see, on the other hand, De Palma is Hitchcock. Like all, he, like, he's a Hitchcock guy. Yeah, like, he yeah. loves Hitchcock, and that's you can see that shit all over his movies. So yeah, it's just I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah, Russ, you got another one? That's yeah. it for me, by the way. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just breeze through the last ones I have, which I just I'll name a couple off. I watched. Uh, after Silent Hill, I watched uh, Ace Ventura Peck Detective just randomly. I saw it on uh, Hulu and I was like, oh, <laughs> I haven't seen this in years. I used to have the VHS when I was a kid. Wear that shit out, and, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I watched yeah. it again, and it's the jokes are surprisingly still funny. I mean, it's it, 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 I don't know, Jim Carrey just has some some of the best just physical, like, his, his, mo his like, body language, everything is just funny. He, he, he just... He, does a great job with that. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen anything recently with him, in a, like not since I think Bruce Almighty. I, My I favorite think. scene right. in Ace Ventura is when he uh, goes to the insane asylum as a <laughs> as a patient, oh, yeah. and then he like does the thing where he like the slow mo. Let's do that. It's the replay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so. Execute hook pattern super slow mo. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that's my favorite part. It's amazing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Again, when, uh, he, when he goes and gets water and he drinks the water and then he like kneels down and slams <laughs> his face into the bench, <laughs> he'll be fine there for the next twenty minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's classic good. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I gave it a 
<laughs> I gave it a solid three and a half. It was it's it's still really funny. When uh, my brother and I want to insult somebody, we still you know, such and such should die of gonorrhea and rot in hell. <laughs> Would you like a cookie, son? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Engine's running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was all good stuff. Yeah, it's classic. such a good movie. Yeah, in fact, and even that one deleted scene, uh, I only saw it like when they aired it on TV with an oh, extended right. song where he was in a bar where he in breaks Collier his contact county. Yeah, he breaks the co- like a guy breaks a bottle to fight him, and he pulls out a contact, which I guess is the old <laughs> style glass contact, and breaks the contact. <laughs> it's not funny with the come on. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> But um, uh, after that, I uh, because I saw, it, <laughs> I think it was because I saw uh, Jonathan had rewatched RoboCop. I was like, oh, right. oh man, I gotta rewatch that. It's, it's easy, five out of five. <laughs> like <laughs> RoboCop is just who is honestly. That's I'd probably consider that one of the to me one of the best movies of all time that I've seen. Just. It's a great you film. could you couldn't redo it like you know they tried. That failed, failed horribly, horribly. They missed, Not, they missed the point of the film yeah. by mm. trying to turn it into like a generic sci-fi actioner. Whereas yeah. it's a it's a political film. It's a satire, you know? And the violence in it is as working on a satirical level. Now, it also works just being amazing. And yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, there's so much in it. Like, the, the, the sci-fi aspect of it, it reminds me a lot of, like... One of the one of my favorite animated movies, a uh, Ghost in the Shell, and just elements from that, and even elements you could say from Akira, just those like stuff from the uh, like the, the Japanese animation, the sci-fi that they use. It was very similar, like robots, you know, cyborgs. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, normally the, the ED two hundred nine is oh, that's I mean, essentially that's, is yeah. the 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 tank thing at the end of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just you know those kind of elements which. Normally, when you do live action of those, it's just it's complete sh- trash, you know. But it just looks bad. They do it bad, or just you know they don't get you know like you say they don't get the point, or you know. But this movie just they lined it up perfectly. It's part of the. Uh, I've heard this uh, mentioned once or quoted once. Uh, the Paul Verhoeven uh, tri- part. It's part of the Paul Verhoeven trilogy of greatness, which is this movie, uh, Total Recall, and. Uh, uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, I would Which, say those are probably the uh, best. Starship ones. <laughs> Troopers. Like I've been, I started watching that a while back, and it's still pretty good. And I, I haven't been able to finish it. I keep like getting tied up with other stuff. I'm going to finish it. Eventually. I haven't seen Showgirls in a while. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. It'll be that. time for a reevaluation of yeah, Showgirls. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't seen Total Recall in a long time. Except I, I think I've watched occasionally the uh, Total Recall. The, the, is uh, a masterpiece. Yeah, like, I've, wa- I've watched just the, the elevator scene where he uses that innocent bystander as the human yeah. shield. <laughs> I mean, just the, it's, it's so just the, even like, honestly, no, you wouldn't see that today. You know? no. not, not to get <laughs> off, like, not to get off on a tangent about total recall, get but, off just, on a tangent. but just real quick. I mean, <laughs> beyond the, like in a completely unironic sense, like beyond the violence of total recall, there are some just amazing, like suspense scenes going oh, on in yeah. that movie. Like when, like when he first, uh, 
his he goes to his buddy and he says you know oh my god something's happened to me something's wrong and that guy like takes him hostage like they run by they they all grab him and they take him into the back alley and then he ends up killing all of them yeah and he like doesn't understand how he did it he's like looking at the blood on his hands because it just happens so quick like that's just a good scene yeah, yeah. you blabbed quaid you blabbed about mars <laughs> it's just it's good you don't even know what's going on at that point you know he's like blabbed about mars like i don't know what you're talking about you know and, and he just and he just fucking annihilates them all and then the how everybody's just suddenly against him it's very like it that's the part of it that's philip k dick inspired you know what I mean? yeah that's the part where his whole world is just turned upside down suddenly and everybody who was for him is against him yeah two, two funny things I, I always think of in that movie is one sharon stone really hated uh schwarzenegger's crotch in that movie uh, yeah <laughs> and, and, and the uh and uh the other is the uh whenever he, <laughs> he, he picks up the arms after rip richter yeah. gets crushed his <laughs> off his arms get ripped off and he falls to his death <laughs> he throws the arms off saying see you at the party richter <laughs> so good yeah um either you guys listen to austrian death machine <laughs> no. No. so it's basically this you know metal like hardcore metal band that like it's all like all the stuff is based on arnold's movies oh um, yeah like literally all of it and there's one screw you screw you i thought you were my friend you were a family man <laughs> It's all. It's just. It's just an incredible film. I mean, RoboCop rules too. They're all good. Yeah. Like that. Those Gives those people out. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many, so many quotes in that movie you could just use. Gives people out. Fuck you. One more thing. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Okay. Uh, I'll go quickly here. The next. Uh, I watched uh, after that that uh, deep dive y'all had a while back. I watched. Uh, I think it was the deep dive, or, or was that? It was that triple deep dive. I watched Life of Brian because I've never seen it. Oh, right. And, Quadruple um, deep dive. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. I wasn't... I just want to apologize to you at first. I didn't hate it, but I, I got to rewatch Monty Python and Holy Grail because it's been years since I've right, seen it. Right. But I've never seen Life of Brian, and you know, I, didn't yeah. have the, I don't have any nostalgia for it. So when yeah. I went, in, went into it, I guess it's just... The only way you I, could I, like it, having I, nostalgia for it. Well, no, it's, it's like... Uh, I didn't like... I like... Well, example, like, Kelly's Heroes is one of my favorite movies of all time, but I probably, it's not, like, it, it's not something for everybody. It, it, it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. Yeah. Like, to most, sure. it's got some flaws in it, you know. There's no squibs. Well, there's squibs, but there's no blood. You know, it, it, it's a bunch of, you know, just certain That's why things. Where Eagles Dare is the superior film, I mean. Well, <laughs> I can't agree, but, yes, you know. <laughs> but, um, really, for me, the, like, the funniest bits in it is, like, anything with John Cleese is funny, because I... I he to me is the funniest part of Monty Python. I, it's just like it's like his, to me it's, it's like his. To not sound negative, like it's like his face is funny. You know, it's just like seeing him. Like any type of joke is just amplified for me. You know, um, I think it's just a, like a lot of it is. There's a lot of you know British humor aspects that I probably just don't. You know, not seeing it in the past, I I just don't didn't get didn't stick. And like, even though I like random stuff, like the spaceship. <laughs> scene, I, I I got lost there. I, I and like thinking about it, it's funny, you know, because it's just so random. But I don't know. I was just when I was watching it too. I was right. I just didn't, you know, I didn't get fully connected into it. But uh, you know, it was it. Was, I gave it, you know, I gave it a two and a half when I watched it. I mean, it's generous. I, <laughs> it wasn't complete crap. I probably I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, no, like it's, it's it's. I mean, there's a lot of like. 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff in like all the like practical things in it, like the sets, the the way it looks mm. looks really good. Yeah, I think it's really well made. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's 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 something to say about it. But like, it's just a lot of the humor. That's I guess I just didn't right, like. right. Yeah, I but, mean, funny story. Um, when when John Cleese like was right out of college, he was doing this. Um, uh, tour and he ended up in New York and Terry Gilliam was there at the same time and he saw him in the show and like he came up to him like after and like met him and he said I love the faces you pull <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, so you're not alone in, I, I don't like, know John Cleese his face like, he's yeah he, he was he's he's grass I always liked him in anything I saw yeah, him. he's yeah. just a great just comedian actor um but uh, I know this is another one you, you will definitely agree with me. Uh, I rewatched for the third time Thor Ragnarok, which yes. I don't know what it is to me. The best that I can describe is it's almost like watching Star Wars, but it's Marvel. It, it's just they, they did everything right in that one. It's, yeah, I think it's so wet. Like, there's no, like, huge, like, you know, we're saving the universe. Like it's a really like you know contained story, yeah. and like I mean, it's a real breath of fresh air because no no other Marvel movie has like that level of humor. Yeah, and, and it's it's and, good. Everything yeah. like matches up, and it's nothing. It's nothing's forced. And yeah. like you say, it's contained. You wouldn't have to watch Thor one or two, which I wouldn't really rec- personally recommend Same. either of those. Just watch that one, and you've got just about all the Marvel you need. I mean, yeah. Other than I really still I still like Winter Soldier because the Winter Soldier character is it's so Metal Gear Solid to me so <laughs> video game thing reference um I, I gave that a four with a like and uh, I, I'll do uh, I'll save Tombstone for my last one but uh, I'll do two more real quick I watched the, uh, the newest the only thing that wasn't a rewatch I have here is I watched Venom for the first time oh yeah and that actually I I, I scored it with a three but I gave it a like because. There's, there's, you know, story elements that kind of drag on. There's a love interest that just, that there was a love interest if you watched like the Spider-Man cartoon, which that's where I get the nostalgia for it from mm. the, the the Fox Kids TV uh, Marvel shows like Spider-Man, X-Men. Yeah, but they had a uh, the Venom in this is basically the Venom from that cartoon, which I liked. And there's no, it seems to be no connection to Spider-Man. So like whenever he shoots out, instead of webbing, it's just, it's like carnage. He shoots out like a part of himself. It still functions almost like Spider-Man, but they, you know, they did their best to not like be just like Spider-Man. Like if Spider-Man had gotten the symbiote suit before that. And the story, the way they played it is different and I, I don't know, I heard pe- some people were, like, not into that, but it actually, it made sense to me, like, where the symbiote in this one, it uh, it immediately seems to have, like, it knows everything at first, like, it's saying things, like, how would this thing from another planet know, but then it's connected to his head, so, I mean, you could just, you know, you could headcan yourself to, like, you know, it makes sense that way, which, it, it, it's, it, you know, the, it doesn't drag on anything there to try to make sense, which is good. So it, it kind of just goes along. I mean, for the most part, the movie is pretty, is really entertaining. Um, there's one thing that they had as far as like, I guess like a realism part of it. Like, like well, not really realism, but it's a, a different take on it. The symbiote, it basically, if you don't eat, it continuously eat a lot of food, it'll eventually consume you like organs. Cause it lives off you. Right. And so that was like one of the things where he just has to eat a lot. 
it, it's kind of funny where it, <laughs> it, it, it constantly is nagging him like food come on and it's like it talks to him in the venom voice like and like he sounds like he does in spider not the same voice but it's like that and uh there's a lot of good you know just dialogue between the two um it's almost like a split, literally like a split personality in the movie, which you didn't really see that much in the cartoon, but in this, it, it, it plays pretty well. Um, there's actually one really good joke to where he has to go to a top of a building where he formerly worked to give, leave his cell phone with evidence against, uh, that shows evidence against the bad guy because he's like a reporter. And uh, when he gets to the, he gets the Venom suit basically to bring him to the top because he, he's barred from going in through the elevator. And when he gets to the top... He turns out to look, and uh, Venom in his head goes down, and he and then for a second there he pauses because Eddie Brock in the movie is afraid of heights, and he's just like, no, and he turns and he walks to the <laughs> elevator, and this was funny because it came out of nowhere. You just hear Venom going, pussy, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was well timed and stuff. It was a pretty good little joke. We got a laugh out of it, but um, it's pretty entertaining. It's not great, but I mean it's. It's a decent attempt. It's uh, I would say I was about as entertained. Well, probably a little, a little more with that Spider-Man Homecoming. You know that third reboot of Spider-Man. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 if you like Marvel characters and stuff, and you were especially if you're a fan of the cartoon or the comics, uh, it would be a, a good uh, a good one to check out. And uh, I. I gotta spoil this to, for you because it's you know I don't know if you'll watch it never never John life, will never watch no. it and it's not really a, a bad spoiler but they teased at the end little the uh, tie in at the end they teased uh, Carnage ah and <laughs> it, 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 this was really cheesy it, 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 it's like Eddie Brock got his job back and he walks into this like cell where there's like you know it's it's like a padded cell like closed off it's like a Hannibal Lecter style thing uh-huh. and he's like I guess interviewing some like heinous serial killer and when he finally you hear the guy kind of laughing and when the camera finally pans on of the character and it illuminates it's Woody Harrelson with like crazy red hair and he's like I have to tell you if I ever get out of here there will be carnage and then it ends (laughs) that was really cringy really cringy oh god (laughs) yeah that was pretty bad Um, oh god but yeah, it, it was a three. It was decent, not super solid, but pretty decent. I mean, I loved the way that the Venom looked and the way you know they the way they did it. Um, but uh, and the last thing before Tombstone was I, I rewatched the Faculty, which other yeah. than the CG in it, which is awful <laughs> towards the end, especially, um, it's still pretty solid. Uh, three and a half on that one. Unless you want to say something about it, I'll just stop there. <laughs> I think the faculty gets kind of forgotten in Robert Rodriguez's uh, filmography. Oh yeah, that was Rodriguez. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like I think I think like people just that's probably it. Like I forgot I, that just, was yeah. <laughs> it just it just gotten forgotten about. Yeah, he's for the most uh, part. He he. Uh, that was like his chance to, you know, break free of his whole independent thing, and uh, he got some studio money behind him, and he made this movie, and people didn't like it, and uh, now it's you know, now he's trying again with James Cameron's help. Making Alita Battle Angel. Have you seen this? Oh, trailer? oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see that. I, yeah, it looks interesting. I'll he's see also, it also. He's also made a shit ton of money with the Spy Kids movies. No, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, he's made all I'm his not money saying he doesn't stuff. have money. I'm saying you know yeah, yeah, his, yeah, his yeah. movies are shit. <laughs> uh, all of them. From Dusk Till Dawn, Desperado, and From Dusk Till Dawn are awesome. Yeah. What and, about uh, El Mariachi? 
No, I, I've only seen that once. I hated it. But, okay. I've never but seen that. it might not be fair. I don't know. I might need to rewatch it at some point. Yeah. But anyway, you got another one, Kevin? Yeah. I rewatched Last Action Hero. And I need to rewatch that. It's McTiernan classic. Yes. Like, I'm going through McTiernan's movies now. And, like, just, again, like, the man, like, knows, like, easily the greatest action director of all time. Yeah. Yes. There's like, no question. Yeah. I mean, he just knows how to do it, like... Like, and you look at, like, a lot of stuff that he's doing, like, in this movie and in, like, you know, Die Hard and Predator. Like, this is where people get their action movie stuff from, you know? And my only beef with Last Action Hero is that it's too long. It's two hours and ten minutes. And Hmm. so, like, so the kid goes into the, like, fourth Jack Slater movie and, like... So that movie, that movie plot gets resolved, but then they still have to go and resolve the kids' movie's plot, which takes, like, way too long for them to get to the ending. So that's the, o- that's the only thing that really, like, got it down for me. But, like, like when they are, like, in the, like, blockbuster ripoff and Stallone is oh, going yeah. to play the Terminator. And, like, they go around to, like, the side of the hotel and, like, who... Who's who's paying you? And uh, like, don't trust him. That's the guy who killed Mozart. Right. Yeah. And uh, and like on the side of the uh, hotel is like Acme Enterprises, and you know little little things here. Danny and there. told me not to trust you. Said you killed Mozart. <laughs> Mo who? Mo who? I kill a lot of people. I kill a lot. Of <laughs> yeah. And like, F. Murray Abraham's really good at this. Yeah. And <laughs> like, but yeah, like, so it's a four only, but like. It's still really good. I but, need to rewatch it. I've seen it yeah. about one hundred and fifty thousand times, so yeah. I just need to <laughs> sit down. I really like. I do. I do remember uh, being really um, taken with how McTiernan shoots reality versus the movie world. Like the reality world seems to be like a lot of really quick, like handheld shots, almost like whenever he's in his apartment or mm. on the New York streets, like it's really gritty and nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then once you hit, you know. Uh, the movie world when they're in LA and it's like this, you know, glitzy, um, yeah, really glossy kind of almost. So yeah, I thought that was awesome, but the, the guy's a genius. <laughs> yeah. Like bring him back. Can't, can't say enough good things about McTiernan. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have nothing else. So you, t- okay. you want to talk tombstone? Let's talk tombstone. I rewatched this in the last few months as did Kevin. Same. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Directed by Cosmatos. Yeah. <laughs> No, oh, yeah. Have um, you seen Mandy? I have not yet. You I will. Get, you oh, you, the Mandy. you'll enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's his son. It's Cosmo. But yeah. Well, I was. Uh, I got the uh, got the urge to watch this uh, basically because I spent probably about two weeks playing the video game Red Dead Redemption Two through the storyline, and during that time, I remembered how uh, uh, Kurt Russell or Wyatt Earp, Wyatt Earp. I'm sorry. Uh, Dressed, and I tried my best to dress my Arthur Morgan character C- as white. With yeah, with a black vest, white shirt, the you know the straight black pants. Where do you get the black vest? And I the bought black it. Pants from from uh, where? From, uh, you get those from uh, in in Saint Denis. Yeah, from a uh, clothes shop. There. Okay, well I need to get to that clothes. Actually, now that I've, I'm to the point now where I'm I'm uh, what's his face from the first game? Oh okay. Yeah, I've got no money. Do you, do you get your money back at some point? Oh, yeah. At, at the Once you finish the actual part of the epilogues, yeah. you get all the money. 
good because yeah, I because I had like fifteen grand and I was like I, I suddenly I switched to John Marston I've got like six dollars in my bank. Uh, you, you, mind I, shit? you mind if I spoil it? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. All right, so, all right. Well, well, basically, all remember, remember the money know. they talked about always that they had oh, to leave yeah, yeah, yeah. in, uh, in Blackwater. Oh no, oh, Blackwater. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You end up with that. Oh, is it a lot? How much is it? Uh, I think it was like. Eleven, twelve thousand oh, dollars. Okay, that's, it's, that's it's more than enough good. to do anything in the game. So, cool. Um, but anyways, um, I love the symbolism in this movie, and I notice it even more so now. Like whenever he, uh, <clears throat> the uh, padre at the beginning, like you know, says that the uh, a man on the a pale horse will come. And, you know, and, and you know, he's quoting uh, Revelation yeah. as Johnny Ringo uh, quotes from him. Followed with him, and then he sh- and he shoots the guy. Um, at, you know, you, you get that like you, you get that uh, callback whenever <clears throat> Wyatt, you know, uh, kicks I Clinton on the ground and, uh, and he says, cuts his face with cuts his spur. face spur so and good. he and he tells him <laughs> run you cur you tell all the other curs that I'm that I'm coming and I hell's coming with me you know he basically you know goes back to that well if you notice there's so many references to basically even though that he never says this the four horsemen of the apocalypse whenever they're walking down the first time to the OK Corral. Side by side, it's the four horsemen walking, and then later, and there's that like random building on fire behind them. Yeah, yeah, they, don't, yeah. they never even talk about it. It's just yeah. there. On yeah, fire. They, they all yeah. look at it like you know, kind of puzzled for a second, yeah. and they keep walking. It's amazing. It's just so many good shots, and like uh, later, they go back to that same symbolism where uh, after McMaster's is killed, in you know, uh, uh, Doc Holliday goes and he kills Ringo. You know that awesome scene. Just you know, I was just teasing. I, I was just teasing I, I, Holiday. I was just fooling about. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> it's, it's just it, that that moment, like you could, uh, and uh, and I always forget his name. Uh, Ringo. What's the actor? Michael Bean. Michael, Michael Bean. Bean. Terminator. Like he, he does. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I remember his characters. I remember uh, like oh, oh Hicks. Who, who Hicks. Hicks. I remember Hicks, <laughs> but not Michael Bean. But it, but when he uh, whenever. Whenever he uh, Doc Holliday uh, reveals himself, he just he has that great moment of just shock on his face. Like I just, I I get I get like like you know the hairs on my neck stand up. It's just it's just <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's you know it, it twitches. Wow, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. It's just that moment. It's just like I get that feeling like. You know, just someone who is just an evil like person. Like, I've always, like you know, I have you know, I I hate the you know, I I hate bullies and just people that just you know do you know that kind of you know I have that mindset. And when I see like someone who's the equivalent, like you know Johnny Ringo's confident he's just gonna kill Wyatt Earp, you know, and, and then and then Holiday shows up at the one person, you know, it's it, the person, it's like his. His kryptonite, you he know, can't it, beat him. It, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. And, and it, like he's the he's the uh, like the wild card. Like he doesn't, he can't, he can't read him. You know, it's like I don't know. It's just oh, it, it, the, the whole scene, the moment, like the, the tension great, there. It's just uh, really there's good. two two things. One is that I when I, we're talking about Michael Bean, I just when we said Hicks, that's the first time I've ever considered the fact that he and Bill Paxton are both in Aliens, and they're also both in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never thought about that. Uh, and they don't think they share any screen time in this movie, really. I mean, are they on? Maybe they're on screen together, but they never talk to each other. I don't, I don't think, think so. They never once say a word. Um, I think just yeah. in that scene, whenever he's like flipping his gun around at the car yeah, table. Yeah, he's in. He's yeah. at the table, but he yeah, he's yeah. watching him. But he, uh, 
which is also just an incredible scene, especially because of the tension of Lighter having the shotgun under the table that oh, nobody yeah. knows yeah, about. Yeah. Just incredible. And then also, too, as I, I read the other day, I didn't realize this, but uh, the guy who he who Doc Holliday kills at the beginning in the card game when he stabs him, mm-hmm. uh, he says, I, I, he goes, he says, I, he goes, this is me. We're not friends anymore. If oh, yeah. I didn't know, if I didn't think we were friends. I don't think I could. I just bear don't it. think I could bet. <laughs> that guy is uh, Frank Stallone. That's Stallone's brother. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing his name in the credits, yeah. uh, and I couldn't I remember who he was. But I've seen yeah, Frank Stallone in interviews, and he yeah. looks almost like you know yeah. Celeste, you know right. Sly or whatever. He's really good in this movie. I didn't. I, I I've seen him in some other stuff where he was kind of like you know uh, he's kind of like considered. I think kind of like a B, like a not like a right. know, kind of shit actor, <laughs> like mm-hmm. like a kind of a. I don't even know Brian Bosworth esque or something, but uh, <laughs> but but he's he's pretty good in this. I mean, he's very antagonistic and yeah. yeah. I think one of my the favorite like joke <laughs> moments though is whenever uh, Billy Bob Thornton's coming out with the shotgun oh, to try to get revenge, and like he goes, I forget what he calls him, like Johnny Johnny so- Tyler, Johnny Tyler, and Johnny Tyler. <laughs> what do you know? What are you going with that shotgun? And like, and they have that you know conversation where they just start talking you know yeah, and, and like they completely him. ignore him and then after a few after like a, like i don't know like two minutes of that conversation they stop and doc holiday pauses he's still standing there like, oh i'm sorry john i forgot you were there you may go now, <laughs> you may go now. and you he's go like now. and he hands him it, well i think it was why he goes leave that uh leave that scattergun he's like Thank you, thank you. He, he walks <laughs> off. <laughs> There's just so many great, memorable scenes in it. I mean, yeah. even the scene that, that leads up to that scene when he, he when he smacks him around in the poker room. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's. You could say that there's a lot of Hollywood in the movie, like if you're trying to go for realism in it. And, and they say like a lot of things, the, there were a lot of liberties taken with the OK Corral when they were mm. doing that because it, 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 some people say that wasn't exactly how it designed, but it was like based off of Honestly, what happened. Yeah, that's the thing is it, it to, normally I, I like historical accuracy, but it they just everything's so good in it i just don't care like right. in every in, and there is historical accuracy in it for certain things like it's just that you know it's it's based on the you know events that took place and they at got that the time. they got most they got all the key players are in there and yeah mm-hmm. ike clanton and billy clanton and, and, and the all thing those, is that know. one scene wasn't hollywood at the end where uh he stands up against uh uh powers booth uh, powers booth yeah. uh curly bill and he stands up, you know, going, no, like he's not going to, no! and he stands, you know, and, and, and Powers Booth's like, look at that. Wait, wait, no, stay back. He's mine. And he goes out there and Powers Booth is unloading his guns at him and like they're shooting at him and he, he doesn't get hit. Right. That actually happened. Yeah. I was, I, evidently. And like after the whole in, encounter, like his jacket was full of holes that he was wearing. And, and, and it was just, wow. they, they stay, they still say that that was just like one of the biggest flukes, you know, of uh, according. And some people even question it, but that's supposedly exactly what happened is he just like the, you know, the hand of God was on him. Like the bullets were just going off, like, you know, ricocheting, you, know, you don't know, but it was, it, it, it was just a great scene. It's a, it's a truly fantastic film. And, uh, yeah. I'd say underrated, honestly, a lot of people seem to think it's not that great, but it's just fucking good. Yeah, like, I mean, like you're my favorite western. <laughs> yeah, and like same same with Ace Ventura, just endlessly quotable. Oh yeah, like probably Val Kilmer's best work. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think I don't no? Not even, no not even debatable. Uh. That's Val Kilmer's <laughs> okay. best work. Right. I mean, like I love Val Kilmer. Right, right. But like, there's nothing he's done that comes close to it. Even yeah, it's a fully fleshed out character. It's a fun performance. It's an extremely controlled performance like there's nothing 
like what else has he done that would even be in the t- in the discussion? I don't even know. Like the Saint yeah, maybe I mean, or something. I don't, like, I, I don't even. I, I, I haven't yeah, seen maybe. that movie since you w- let us watch it. The Salton Sea. Oh yeah, the but Salton I don't know. Sea, yeah. I can't remember how that he's, was. I mean, he's good in that, but it's like yeah, it's just this is just I don't know. He's disappears into the character. Yeah, yeah. and it's sad yeah. to see. I follow him on Instagram. And uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, he had cancer a couple yeah, of years ago. Cancer. Yeah, throat cancer. So he's got all his, he can't talk anymore. Like he, t- he talked like that. So his voice is totally gone. Yeah, the last movie he was in, that uh, movie, I watched part of it with Alice and the Snowman. Oh, yeah, he's which in the that, movie, right? movie's awful. Don't, yeah. don't, don't watch that. But, I was but, wondering about that because I was like, he's in that. He, he can't I, I, talk. I, I don't weird. understand why he, like, he looked really bad like he like i could tell that he would just come off of some surgeries or yeah. doing you know i don't know chemo i don't know what he was un, under but you could tell in in in, in someone who was doing a voiceover for him that was it just it just oh, sounded really? really bad and that's insulting too. I, yeah that's that's what i was honestly angry about that like i would have just you know just bowed well i mean i'm not that i'm saying he should for that but like it's still it's that I makes me nervous because he's uh not nervous because I don't really give a fuck about this movie, but he's in he's in uh, the Top Gun sequel that they're filming. Ooh. Oh, so they're probably going to do the same thing with him yeah. there, voiceover. Oh. It's, it's it, it was hard to watch though. I just uh, I, cause I have a lot of respect for the you know oh, yeah, his, I love his, the his, guy. His, yeah. his his characters and portrayals in movies, but uh, I, it, yeah, just, it, it wasn't like he was bad. It's just that he you could tell like he, he shouldn't have been like being right. in that part like just because he looked like he was just feeling bad yeah. like standing there in the scene you know yeah felt bad for one of those jeez well uh if we got you ready to move on let's talk about let's Frank do some deep diving on uh Frank the Lenny Abramson picture from 2014 starring uh Donald Gleason Maggie Gyllenhaal which was a surprise to me and uh Michael Fassbender as the titular big-headed Frank Kevin, just you know, give us a quick rundown. What what the fuck were you thinking about making us watch this movie? And uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. And uh, w- you know, what's your history with it? I had seen it probably back in like late 2014 or sometime in 2015. Hadn't seen it in a while. Saw nobody else had even logged it on Letterbox. So I was like, let's let's give it Might a shot. Might as well. Yeah, hadn't seen it in a long time. Remembered liking it, but was interested to see how it would hold up. Um so it's about Donald Gleason is this, you know, regular schmo in some town in England. He wants to be a singer-songwriter, but he's not very good and part of him knows that he's really not very good, but all of a sudden he runs into this band and all of a and out of nowhere he's in some farm in Ireland making a record with him and you know hijinks ensue hijinks mm. hilarity <laughs> ensues with uh Maggie Gyllenhaal threatening to stab him yeah and uh and actually stab him and actually stab him actually, <laughs> spoiler alert uh yeah so i i'll i'll start if sure. no one minds um sure. I was not nearly as enamored with it as I was on the first viewing. Mm. Mm. Scoot McNary's not in it enough. I thought he was really good. Interesting. Um, I think Fassbender's really good. And just good. for Russing, Scoot, yes. might not know who Scoot McNary who, who, is. Yeah. Which one? Oh, um, he, was, he was the... Um, oh shit, what's his name? He's the manager. The manager who guy. Who kills uh, himself. Yeah. Who oh, gotcha. Himself. Okay. Yeah. Um, it looked... 
There's, and he's been in a lot of lot he's of. He's been killing things. them softly. He was, right. Uh, yeah. I, I remember yeah. that. Okay. I, I was. I thought I recognized it from something, but uh, yeah. it looked like he like had previously been in a like a motorcycle accident. When at one point, when he's looking over. And like it looks like part of his face had been like just just ground in the pavement, like it was scarred or something. I don't know if that's oh, a, something. It just looked kind of weird. I, 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 I believe I, you, but I don't. I don't know. I it just looked kind of like he suffered, it, or I don't know if that was just the angle, the lighting, or something. It looked like because it looked like his eye was like skin was missing from the side of the. Jesus. I don't know. It just it looked weird <laughs> to me. Uh-uh. It was a part towards the beginning where uh, he was at night uh, talk, uh, talking. Uh, with the with the main character, uh, Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason. Right. John. 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 Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, what what do you think about the movie, Rustin? Well, it, it's it's definitely it's not a movie I'd normally go for. Like, um, it, <clears throat> it. I started like kind of getting into it at the beginning, and uh, honestly, when they were the whole all the scenes where they're like filming at the. Uh, you know, not filming, but recording or trying to record in uh, the cottages. Uh, those are pretty funny. Like I, I, uh, I was trying to, f- you know, figure out like what was going on, like why she, uh, why uh, Clara was. I remember her name in Frank, but I can't remember everybody else's name. But yeah. why she was uh, like hating on John the whole time, and it it slowly started to become apparent. Like after he talked with, uh, was his, his name was Don. Yeah, Don, was it Don? yeah Don. and and yeah. Uh, he started talking with him and like getting some backstory. Like he had this like he was in a, a mental institution because he had this thing where he liked to uh, have sex with uh, mannequins, right? And he is, is obsessed with doing that, and that's where he met Frank supposedly, and possibly even Clara. It's it, it almost seemed like it, it's never like explained, but it almost seems like all of them. Possibly even the French guy and the uh, the, uh, the uh, girl who played the drums. I don't remember if her name ever mentioned in it. Um, I who, who gives a fuck? But <laughs> it's almost like they were all in a instant, um, you know, at one point in their lives in a mental institution for something. And now they're in a different mental institution. They're in the band, and the which, band yeah. it revolves around Frank. Sure. And Claire is like you know an over like is a control freak. Likes to con- you know I couldn't think of like the term psychologically for it, but she likes, she, she's, you know, enamored with him, but wants to be in control or, uh-huh. you know, and that's something that John sees. And that I think that she feels threatened by him. And it seems like it's a cycle that they go through where, uh, you know, the first, when they, whenever, uh, John meets Don, there's this guy who's like freaking out, trying to drown himself. Yeah. And like the, the original, uh, keyboardist, sure. like there's a point where he's driven insane, I guess. Don evidently was the original keyboardist, but he stuck with them. And but he himself is getting to the point where he wants to die. Uh, spoiler, sorry. Sure, no, you it's know, fine. It, it, you know, like he talks about that, but he's not as intense as the other guy. And John, you know, he and it, I don't know if John really realizes it, but like I was just seeing that it's almost like this band mainly consists of those four individuals, and they just they find a fifth person like a fifth wheel basically to like almost leech off of to keep their buzz going or like their what's keeping huh. them. That, that's what I kind of got out of it. And uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, I, I actually read it similarly, I guess, except that 
except John is the only one who survived it because he figured out that they those four need to be together and like he tried in his way because of like his thing was he he wanted fame and recognition and he was mad you know and he honestly throughout the movie I was actually pissed most of the time because I was like what are you doing why are you throwing away your nest egg why are you doing like like you really think you want this so much that it's like well, I don't know it just it just all the stuff that the guy was John's character was doing was just didn't make any like to me it just doesn't make sense like why I guess his desire he wants to be for for fame yeah. was just it, like being, a, it's like being what he says when he gets, when he music. finally gets on stage and he's and right before he starts singing, he says, "This is the best day of my life or the best moment of my life." It's like that's what he's been working towards. He doesn't give a fu- at that point. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck about Frank or the band or anything. he's yeah. just glad he's on stage. He's about to sing his song and like all, that he wrote. Yeah, in that in they're the, clapping like he for has, him. He has an agenda the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. He's it, exactly. It's never like it's never like he comes in and thinks, "Wow, this guy Frank is a genius. I really need to back his vision." It's like I'm going to write songs. And get my songs to be played with the band, and then I'll be famous. Yeah, it's like he wants to be the star of the and, show. And, and like at, at first, you kind of you you, would, you could think you could feel for him, but in like why is Clara hating on him? It's just but she she even like she spells it out for him at one point where she says, "You're just the you're just a uh, person who punches keys or whatever. Yeah, you're like, finger right. fingers that." punch what we tell you to do or whatever yeah, yeah it's yeah. and like the band is like evidently it's like it's almost like a coping mechanism for especially frank even though he's got the head thing which you know it's some type of psychological thing that he has to wear as a mask to function mm-hmm. you know in with other people but like the band is like it's it's a it's almost like it's a coping mechanism for those four individuals and like they make the music and you know they want to make it to uh, play for people, but at the same time, it's like they don't care. They just want to make the music and just play it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and even the Don guy who was setting up the gigs, like uh, I think he was almost not necessarily as intense as John was with what he wanted, but he was trying so hard to be a part of it. And I think he was like the other guy. He's figuring out that he's not part of it. Like that's their circle that they have and he's showing trying so hard to fit in and he knows he'll never fit in and he gets so depressed that he you know yeah yeah i mean i think that's what the ending is the ending is him him realizing i need to fix what i fucked up here i fucked up their their band so i'm gonna fix it by bringing them back together and then showing them that they can they can do this without the of the fifth member they don't need me or a keyboardist right yeah and then they play that song and it's like they're all you know very into it i guess and yeah. he leaves so yeah i yeah i got all that from it. that's good that's good yeah, yeah. I, I i i uh i going into it I, your sister annie had told me to watch this movie uh a few years ago actually maybe last year actually sometime we were when oh it was when uh bill and linda were here and we were all at your grandmother's house do you remember this it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, so she, 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 she said she was asking me if I'd seen it, and I said, I, you know, I know what it is. I haven't seen it, and she was telling me about it, and that it was good and stuff. So I was curious to watch it anyway. Um, and you know, Lenny Abramson turns me off because yeah, the because room is just trash. And uh, <laughs> but uh, this movie, I think, uh, I don't. It's weird that he's he's gone. Like this is a pretty. I mean, it's a comedy, you know, mm. essentially. I mean, it's got yeah. heartfelt moments, like a comedy with heart. 
and it's weird that he went to this dark uh, drama direction with his career, but <coughs> it's it's unfortunate because it's pretty funny. Like this movie has some good funny moments. Yeah, like at the beginning when he's writing the songs in his head. Yeah, and the the <laughs> girl woman in, in the, the red, red coat. coat. Yeah. <laughs> And then when the woman other in one the blue coat, do you know, do you know the, the girl, girl in the yeah. red coat? Yeah, amazing! Yeah. It's yeah. really that I really I laughed at that that moment and uh, some of the stuff with Fassbender when he's like uh, like when he's chasing him around with the shovel, yeah. in the uh, front yard and just all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just it was pretty. It was very. Uh, it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like I didn't think it was going to be like such a full blown comedy, mm. but um, yeah, overall I'd say I was. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was all right. It was, you know, all the act, all the performances were good. Mm. And, uh, I thought Fassbender in particular, uh, never having never seen a comedic performance from him. Like he, right. he knows what he's doing. This guy's just a good actor, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's one of the best. Had a major, just major, uh, discussion with my wife yesterday she hates him <laughs> and i was oh, just man. like you're, I, I had to tell her i was like you're just you're she's judging him she's seen two of his performances and she's judging him on these performances and what movies has she seen one is steve jobs which uh, come on i love steve jobs and i love him in it uh-huh. but i can understand watching it why you think like okay this guy's not doing it because it's it's a very specific kind of performance and the writing is very right it's aaron sorkin you know it's yeah, very yeah. flashy and I could see why you, it's not naturalistic. So yeah. I get it. You don't like that. Okay. There are other one that she's seen as the counselor, which is like universally, everybody hates that fucking right. movie. And I don't remember him being particularly bad in it, but I think that she sees a movie and it's bad. And then she just thinks everybody in that movie is bad because their movie's bad. Right. So I was trying to tell her, I was like, he's so, he's just so good in these other things. Like you got to see, but it's now it's like so ingrained in her that I could show her like shame. Right, where he's just like next. He's god level. He's god tier, as Jonathan would say, acting in, in shame. And need to watch that again. It's incredible. And he and and she would she would hate it automatically just because he's in it. Ah, uh, you know. And it's and like he was a bummer. Yeah, but yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's he's really good. Twelve, in, Twelve Years a Slave, and Glorious Bastards. I can't think of a, a a really bad performance from him that I've seen. Uh, I mean, even like as Magneto in the X Men films, he's yeah. quite, he's quite good in them. And uh, that's the biggest problem with the new X Men movies. It's not enough of just Eric and um, Charles. 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 Yeah. yeah, Charles. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I was surprised at how funny he could be, and uh, mm-hmm. and also how affecting he was once the mask comes off. Right. Uh, he, he played uh, affected really well. Yeah. So I really enjoyed all, and he's a good, and he sings all right. He's got like a very like non classically trained kind of uh, indie rock thing going on with his voice, almost yeah. like uh, um, he sounded like sound, when when you listen to the actual recorded version of that song at the end that mm-hmm. they have on the soundtrack, right? It sounds like an Interpol song, uh. you know, and his voice is very like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the stuff they were doing prior to that was uh, he, he was mostly just wasn't even really singing. Yeah, he was like just talking. talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I, I enjoyed all that, too. I, like their first performance when they plug his head in. I thought there's going to be more of that kind of stuff. Like I was like, that's that's a cool idea. Like that right. his head is a microphone. Like That's cool. They never even get back into that. But yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked all the um, all the South by Southwest stuff, you know, and the idea of him. Like yeah, he's he becomes 
Dominic Gleeson, he's the star of the film and he's the protagonist, but if, like throughout the film, he kind of becomes more and more unlikable. Yeah, yeah. And like he's yeah. kind of a scum, scuzzy scumbag kind of a guy who's just using them to yeah. get his his goal, which is to be a singer songwriter. Yeah, and I like the fact that like they go like you know fair like they make it a very obvious point that like um, you know like Dominic Gleeson is like. Oh, you know, I wish I had like real pain, like a real, you know, a bad childhood so I could write good songs. And like, and at the end, like, you know, like he's talking to Frank's parents, like Frank had a great childhood. He's not in pain. You know what? You know, his men, you know, yes, he has a mental illness, but like that does, that's not what makes him make good music. Let me ask you this too, before I forget, I, I meant to, um, cause I, I didn't understand and maybe there is no connection, but like the, when when he's like writing on Twitter and he wants them to help him find Frank, yeah. And then somebody says, "I can help." He's at this address. Who is that? Is that? Do we know who that is? I don't that? think we do. Okay, that's one thing I did like was the whole like whenever he's tweeting on the phone or whatever, it just pops up on the screen. Yeah. You know, right. I like that little effect that they did whenever yeah. he's doing that. It works well. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, I was just wondering. I didn't know if there was like a clue or something that I missed, and that's like. We know who that is telling him that, but Maggie Gyllenhaal's a real. I it was very satisfying when Donald Gleason finally calls her a cunt because it's just what I was thinking the whole fucking movie. I was yeah, like, this, yeah. this woman is the worst, right? Because like, she like, is she's, such a bitch. Yeah, because like Rustin said, like she's really protective of Frank, and yeah. you know, like it's 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 kind of like the I don't know, like some kind of like mother motherly thing where right. like you know like wants so badly to be in control but is also super protective and you know can see through what uh what Donald Gleason is trying to get like she knows that his motives for being in the band aren't you know yeah. solely it's like she sees because right he wants to do music immediately yeah which is yeah wild but yeah man I'm, I'm, uh, yeah yeah I, I was just kind of confused too about like uh <clears throat> I don't know the reason, like, all of a sudden, like, he just showed up there that night, like, the Don guy just randomly asked him, you know, or he was, I forget what it was, like, I think it was John, whenever he was, they were standing looking at the guy in the water, yeah, freaking yeah. out. I think he was John mentioned that he played, or y- y'all the band that are playing tonight, yeah, he right? Said, that's yeah, that's our keyboard player, and he says, I play keyboards. And he says, oh, can you play C, F, and G? Yeah, says, yeah. 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 Goes, uh, I don't know, yeah, like, a lot of the, like I said, I was... Later, um, I got yeah, I got that feeling of kind of just just irritation from uh, you know John's motivations and character. Uh, like, why didn't he just break away? And, and he could have just used this as a video to get you know just because he just kind of like after this whole ordeal, like his life's all he's like fucked. I mean, his, his <laughs> yeah, nest egg's like, gone. Like, what did you accomplish? Yeah, you you did a good thing by bringing them back together, but like. He'll get I, thanked in the liner notes of their first album. Yeah, yeah. there's platinum, and they're all millionaires. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think that's kind of the point. Like, whatever they did in the house, like, probably will never see like the light of day as far as like actual like. I mean, it might be circulated as like bootlegs, but they'll probably never seek out any kind of label. I don't attention. think they wanted to even like make money. It's like they they just wanted to. It's almost like they wanted to pretend. Well, he wants to. I think it's like more they like, did. Like it, right. it's more of like they just want to do it. Like they're in that little bar place with no one's paying attention to them. They just want to be there doing. Yeah, the it was, music. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was like that bar in uh, 
the second season of True Detective where like <laughs> that woman is just playing like super off the wall stuff and no one's paying attention yeah, to there's her. Like three people in the bar. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. They're all old and drinking coffee. Yeah, it's like yeah, and I think it's also an issue of uh, the character Frank, like his perfectionist attitude of you know we're not going to do anything until it's perfected. Yeah, it's like that how they don't record anything for a long time until they get it, you know, yeah. wor- worked out. So, but. uh and yeah. I think well, like what drew him to the South by Southwest thing was like not like money or fame, but like the amount, the exposure. Yeah, he thought there was going to be a lot of people who right wanted to hear their stuff. And yeah, the, he he wants aren't. to be acknowledged and loved. When uh, in John's motivations, he wants to be famous because you could in the beginning in his room you could see he was uh, just <laughs> obsessed with. He mixed tapes and CDs with music. He wants to be, you know, singer, like you said, singer songwriter. And, you know, I mean, and I think there's a point when he's talking to Don about Don saying he wrote a song and Don's playing it. And and what's his. And Don's song is like really heartfelt and beautiful. And he's like, yeah, Yeah. it's just shit, man. (laughs) See, and the thing is, like, that's the thing I kind of. Like it can makes in the movie makes me mad. Like they're just kind of brushing that upside. It looks like they did that to Don. Don could have gone mm. off by himself and made, you know, music on his own. And, and, right. And, and, like, even John, like, a lot of his stuff in the beginning is not bad. But, I mean, if the guy, if you keep just working at it and putting yourself on Gotta YouTube. Grind, man. If, yeah. yeah. Like, some people, you, time you, you have to work hard for that stuff. It doesn't just come instantly. And you can't, right. And you really can't use other people for success. But they were almost, it's almost like two, like, he was wanting to use them to put himself out there and they just wanted to use him to like fill in the gap that, you know, Frank needed with the sound just to push the button or something like that. It right. was kind of like both were being, both sides were being used, you know, kind of, that's yeah, what I saw too in true. it. Yeah. It's funny too. Like both Don and John both like write very, very different music from what the band is actually playing. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing this, like, you know, really kind of esoteric, like, noise-ish kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, the two of them are writing, like, you know, ballads on yeah. pianos and stuff. And, like, and like when uh, when they actually are on the stage at South by Southwest, you know, here's a song I wrote, and it's nothing like what we've just heard them recording. Right. And, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like the scene, too, or not. When he makes uh, she well, Clara makes him play the music for everybody, right? Like, play some, play some of your songs, and he doesn't know what to play. And he he actually plays the woman in the blue coat, red coat thing, yeah. <laughs> to them, as if that's gonna be good somehow. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. I, I, actually, at that point, I just like, why the hell am I here? Then I just walk <laughs> out. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I there's so many times in that movie that. uh and it probably even put it down some for me a little bit. It just like I sometimes when I watch a movie, I just get so mad about what the material that's going on. You know, it's it's an emotional response, but it's not good for me liking it. I yeah, guess you could yeah. see it's just like it's just the situation. I would never be in this situation. Yeah. Even you wouldn't for, put yourself there. Yeah, like it's Donald that's it's yeah. It, I don't know. It, you know, that's that's for me in, personally in, in certain movies that can like. You know, I mean, it'll probably it's going to affect my score a little bit, but like it, it, it those kind of situations, movies, just it takes it down for me a little bit. I, I think it, it, but in other ways, like it's you know really enjoyable, and like it, I was, except for like maybe a few parts, I wasn't really that. I mean, I was entertained 
throughout the whole thing, you know, and then there's some good, you know, good humor, slapstick and everything like that. You yeah, know? definitely Gleason's uh, one of his better performances also. And I think it's it's safe to say it's the accent at this point when he tries to do American. He's not as good. Mm-hmm. And when he does British, he's OK. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can agree to that. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you look yeah. at the ones where he's he's British, this and Star Wars. Right. And he's, he's all right. Yeah. Not bad at all. You look at those where he's American, like The Revenant, and it's kind of weird and embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Although he is, he does do the American accent in uh, Dread, and he's pretty fun in that. But Oh, yeah. What is he doing in um, Ex Machina? He's American in that. That's brutal. Okay. Yeah. Because he's, some of those line It's kind of like uh, yeah, yeah. Carrie Elwes in the, the first uh, Saw movie. It, it, honestly. Yeah. Oh, right. The, yeah. One you can of hear the, it coming through every once in a while. I, I'm yeah. normally, not always, like, I, I don't always, like, uh, grade stuff on just acting performances sometimes even even performances that aren't the best like if the movie you know elements are good in it yeah, it sure, works sure. you know fits the character and all that Carrie Elwes in that movie especially at the end like when he's like crying or freaking I forget what he was doing he was like sawing off yeah, when he's sawing his, his ankle it, off <laughs> it was the worst one of the well I wouldn't say the worst but one of the worst just performance uh, performances I've seen of anybody, uh, and it, and he sounded awful. I mean, and he's not a bad actor at all. Right. It's just like, he's good. I remember seeing that in the theater and being really confused as to like why he's giving such a poor performance. Yeah, it's Carrie always like this guy's good. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen this guy act well. What is going on? Right, it, give yeah. him bad material. That's what happens. Yeah, maybe he just yeah, or just in maybe he was taking medications at the time or like you know like van damme and street fighter he was on coke the whole time and yeah, right. you see oh, that, yeah. sm- I read that, that goofy article. smile on yeah. his face all in every scene it's yeah. it's a ten thousand dollar a week coke habit <laughs> yeah yeah guy's a genius uh <laughs> <laughs> so final thoughts on frank what do we all think of the music yeah like i say i think i i enjoyed it I i'm mind it i'm all. not really a fan of that type of just the you know i don't know like I like Indie the talk. Stuff. I like the talk singing. I, I'm, in, I'm into that. <laughs> I mean, that I, it's all right. It's just it's it's not my cup of tea, really. Uh, um, and I don't know. I would say for me, uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a a, a good round of three because it's 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 good. But um, like I said, it's it's not really a movie I would venture out or, or go to see like i probably wouldn't ever watched it and you know unless yeah you know, i mean but sure it. but yeah. i mean it, it's it's not it's not bad by any means it's just like it's not my type of movie though sure. or just that you know right kevin i'm gonna go three okay well i i hate you guys i'm going three and a half <laughs> i don't want to be, be the person who gives us the highest rating but it, three and a half i thought it was solid and very entertaining yeah. and, uh funny enough um, I think the best musical cue for me was when like uh, Donald Gleason's trying to show him the thing on the piano, and then Frank like subtly changes it. Like yeah. it gets like really good. That chord progression is really solid, and then he changes it entirely. Yeah. Oh, that's funny too when they're in the hotel room and he sings. He's like, "My, I just wrote my most successful song," and he's like, "Yeah, Coca Cola, Coca Cola." <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That was yeah. very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I would say like out, uh, out of all the music in that, I I did li- I did kind of like the uh, the song at the very end when yeah, in, it's right. good in the bar and it's really I good. just like the even though it's 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 not a lot of repetition, it's repeats, you know, but yeah. it is it's more of a structured song. And then uh, 
Clara turns on and goes onto the machine, just like oh, yeah. at the very end of it. it but it's still, great. it's still like you know, it progress, you know, progresses into that. That's cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot too. Um, so uh, that's that's it then. That's Frank. That's Frank, and that's our show. Also, uh, so next week, next week, hopefully, as according to Jr., he's he is free as of now to be on the show via Skype. Uh, did you did you send him a list of the things he needs? You said to record with or the stuff we use. I sent him what we would use, um, but as I can still send him like you know exact like he, things that yeah. he could look into. He told me he's getting a mic for sure. Okay, so I don't know if uh, if he'll I don't know whatever he's going to try and record on his end, and then we're going to sync up the audios, and hopefully it'll sound really nice. Worst case scenario, we'll have to record him through the computer, which will sound a little less nice. And uh, Jonathan is getting back on Friday, so he says, but he also told me he won't be available next weekend. So I don't know if he that has changed now that he's getting back on Friday or if he just thinks he won't see anything before then because he's out of town, which is fine. Well, but, we'll need to do it uh, Friday afternoon. Oh, okay, well, then there you go. So he's he's dead in the water anyway. Right. So the uh, the deep dive for next week will be my pick then. Yes. Uh, since Jonathan is bowing out again. Uh, and that pick will be Rob Roy. Rob Roy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> because, uh, you know, JR hasn't seen it, and that's a travesty. That's an Oscar nominee. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tim Roth was nominated for this movie. Did you see this? Rob Roy? With I don't Liam think Neeson? I have. Liam, I may have seen Liam Neeson, of Brian it. Cox, Tim, Tim Roth, John Hurt. Jessica Lang, uh, I mean, lots of people. I want to yeah. say I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV. I, I believe think. it's directed right. by Michael Caton Jones, who directed, I know, I'm aware. Uh, of, I'm aware of the movie, and I'm yeah. pretty sure I've seen scenes from it. Let's see. It wasn't. Isn't there a scene where? Oh, uh, I think yeah, it was Tim Roth, and he uh, like he rapes Jessica. Yeah, Lange. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's like Rob Roy's wife. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He uh, yeah, Michael Caton Jones directed it, who also did. Um, a movie that I, I like quite a bit, which might might be making a uh, an appearance on a future deep dive, which is called This Boy's Life. Have you seen that with De Niro and DiCaprio? No. Okay, that's pretty. It's got Jessica Lange in it also. He also did The Jackal. So I mean, he's a good, he's right. a solid director. He just doesn't. You don't hear anything about him probably because he directed Basic Instinct too. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's going to be the pick, Rob Roy. Uh, Oscar nominee for Best Supporting Actor, 1993. And, uh... <laughs> Russell, you want to come back? You want to watch uh, Rob Roy? Yeah. I could. <coughs> I could. Cool. Well, you're invited. So, um... If that's okay with Kevin. Yeah, sure. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to watch Rob Roy. Russell's going to come back. is going to be here via the internet. And, uh... That's it. So, check out our website at filmyakpodcast.com. No filmyak.podient.co right jesus <laughs> yeah also uh email us at filmyakpodcast at gmail.com disregard all other email addresses that i've said in the past <laughs> and uh please do email us because we're dying up here guys we need right. we need your comments your questions uh to answer because right. it just makes our lives uh more entertaining yeah and funnier and hopefully yours more entertaining <laughs> exactly and uh i'm gonna uh I'll, I'll, I'm going to leave y'all with uh, something that never gets old, and I think I've done it before on that old That's podcast. Okay. We please, did. please yeah. do. And uh, you know, you got to finish something with film involving film with a little Gibson rage. <laughs> and here we go.
<laughs> Do you have that one clip saved on your phone? Yes, and I keep it. <laughs> Does that, that leave a weapon? No, that's that's. <laughs> no, it's uh. That's Yelling for, at Joe Esterhouse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's the uh, it, it's it's on YouTube. It's a, a recording. And it, Joe Esterhouse's kid recorded it on his phone when they were at us. You haven't heard this? No. And it's in, he's in another room. I'll, I'll I'll pull it up and you can, and after this and we can listen. It's only like two minutes long, but I mean the beginning it starts off with just kind of incoherent. And then it, it kind of goes silent for a minute, and you hear this like little cell phone jingle because the kids in another room recording this is kind of muffled. And then it gets a little clearer, and you get a who wants to eat? Ah, who the fuck wants to eat? Ah, come get something to eat! Hooray! <laughs> oh my god! It's, Actually, it's I should just pull good. it up and play it right no, now. No, 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 not no. on the show. No, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 that is take too long. We'll, we'll listen to it in a minute. But yeah, that's it, it, it is great. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard and it never gets old. It is great and it's less it's less offensive than his uh, voice, oh, yeah, voicemails the, with his wife. The voicemail, <laughs> no, the, the, the conversation with his wife I think has one of the most offensive racist remarks yeah. which I will not utter it's extremely or, or hardcore. It, 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 ouch. And like, it, it makes me, it, like, it's like, how could you conjure this, this combination of words? You have to have the most the most like built up amount of hate I could think of and it just so yeah it, it should never be repeated but uh, it, it's one of the most like offensive things I've ever heard <laughs> Braveheart rules though yeah it, yeah <laughs> a lot of his movies in, 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 uh, in uh, his in Apocalypto, yeah, it, Apocalypto all that stuff that's rules amazing. but he's uh, he's he's insane <laughs> alright well that's gonna do it for us uh, like I said email us please and uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, we'll see you guys next week bye bye